What's up, everybody? I am Jonathan. I am going to be speaking um, on the Seattle NFT account. Uh, this is the second Twitter Spaces, so I'm very excited. I got three beautiful, amazing guests out here. Uh, I got Cade, uh, Kayleanne, and Mago. Sorry for doxing you, Kayleanne. But uh, uh, I really wanted to just talk today, and I have you know three artists all around the space. We have developers, we have artists, we have an uh, influencer, and I do want to talk to you about that, Kate. About uh, you know, some people do have a certain opinion of whether you know they like being called an influencer. I know you're just a very just motivational person in the space. Um, I've been following you for a while. I'm glad to have you here and finally talk to you about you know just your journey in general um, because it's pretty amazing, and I think a lot of people have that kind of revolutionary transition. Um, and Web three has kind of enlighten that you know especially when we get a little bit down and we don't know where to go and we feel like all the doors are closed um web3 reopened those doors and i think it's been a beautiful you know spectrum of the vast people that it impacts um and just reaching new levels so um kate i mean if you want to if i can ask you personally uh i haven't met you personally and i hope to meet you in real life one day but how do you feel about, you know, that term like influencer? Well, uh, first off, I probably would have been on to meet you if I had, for, if I don't know how I forgot, but somehow I got my schedule mixed up and I missed the one year anniversary of the, of the NFT museum. So apologies for that. But uh, thanks for letting me on stage here. And uh, man, so what do I think about like the word influencer, like the, the meaning of it, kind of how it's changed. The influencer word is interesting to me um, just because it, covers such a broad base of human beings and there's not a clear distinction of what what constitutes someone as an influencer versus not um but the idea of it is interesting in the both three and crypto world specifically just because there are some people with so much influence over traders and there are people with so much influence over art there's people like frank d gods who just tweets anything and that is the new meta of, of whatever he's talking about um and i'm not sure like for influencers i don't know if that if that even if you can even qualify that until you hit a certain number of followers, I don't think I'm even close to that just because I think if I put out a tweet, I don't think it would move the entire market in that kind of sense. So if I was going to label influencer, there would only be a handful of people. Like there are people like Alex Becker who could tweet something and alter the course of their history just by providing support or not. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't hate the word as much as people. I feel like they went through a, tra it went through a phase of like 20, I don't know, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, maybe where everyone was cringing at the word influencer. Uh, but I think it's just because everyone got in on it. It's like entrepreneurship with Gary Vee. Like he always talks about how it wasn't cool. Um, I can't remember that because I wasn't that I wasn't thinking about things at that age. What I do remember is I've wanted to be a YouTuber since I was 10. And I remember vividly this actually it spots my head last night, actually. And I was going to tell the story. I was in the library and I was, I think, in eighth or ninth grade. And one of my best friends who was uh, a bit cooler than me, I remember, because I was a problem at that age. It was, uh, you got to be cool. So I remember I made a soccer video, and that's what I did back then. I just made all these soccer videos, posted them on YouTube, never told anyone, never definitely did not tell any of the kids at my school because at that point I was still at a private school. I finally got out that same year, but I was at this private school, and I remember being so embarrassed that I did YouTube. Like, nobody does YouTube. Definitely no one at this school. And I remember because I was so excited to show them this fucking video of me scoring a goal. And I just remember him going like, wow, that was a really good goal. And then he like didn't say anything for a second. And then he goes, 
you got a YouTube channel? And I literally like just shut my fucking laptop and just, I literally ran out of the library. But I do remember a time like that. So uh, for me, I'm grateful as hell to be here. I'm grateful as hell to tweet anything and even get one person to see it. I'm just thrilled to be here. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it has just kind of, it, it, it developed like just a strong narrative um, of just like one-sided or especially like when everything was just, or right, you need a deal with your video, you need a deal with this. And then it's like influencing people to buy something or do this. But um, I think, especially with Web3, like we're we reinventing it again. And just like, you know, I, I don't, I don't see it as like a bad thing. Um, I definitely don't, especially like, I see it as anybody that tries to empower anybody else. And I know, you know, through your videos and, and through your messages, like, that's all you try to do. So whether like, yeah, like whether how people declare it, I don't know if we're going to make up another word that would be better, but it's just like, like a community guardian or something. Um, because you really do like you, you bring people together, you bring people um, from different spaces. And it is, I remember being the same way. I've always wanted to do YouTube. Um, I never got the chance to, you know, really start it and, and let it uplift and roll. Um, but I remember the same thing. I remember being like back in the day, having my PSP and, you know, when you had like the little attachment camera on it and just making videos, like sleepover with your buddies and like, there's all this stuff. And it's just, it's not even like, just capturing moments and just showing, you know, where you are in life, just how happy you can be and just different perspectives and different narratives. So, um, yeah, how do you, how, I guess another question too, because I know, especially like as the space keeps continuing and how people want to keep coming in here and they, they want to create content and we have, we have people that, you know, through the bear market, through the bull market, they get weaved in and out. Um, how did you start? How did you start and make that transition to finally, you know, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in this space. For, uh, for NFT content, I remember at the very beginning of the summer in 2021, right? It was right around the board era, but I, I missed out on the era because I, I just, I mean, at that point, nobody knew that they were going to be so big. So I just saw a picture of a monkey and I was like, yeah, <laughs> okay. So I didn't even think about it enough or give it the time of day to understand anything about it. Um, but a little bit into the, the trip, I was traveling, I was living in my car, and I was doing travel photography, and um, just it was really more of a spiritual journey to, to figure out who I was and, and see what I was up against and things like that. And so that year of 2021 was a, a huge year of, of growth, I guess is probably the easiest way to put it. One of my first conversations ever was Easton Gladney. I see him in the uh, spaces here right now with the, the purple, the white. Uh, Glads and then the black backgrounds. He was one of the first people I talked about, like the metaverse. We like sat there and fucking nerded out about like c multiverse casinos because there was a casino right next to us, and I was on a podcast with him. And I, I just remember those. The whole 2021 era was was nuts for me. Just remembering all that, the nostalgia, um, and. I was basically living in the car, trying to see what I was made out of, things like that, trying to figure out where I was going to go. I was vlogging. I was trying to make videos on the go. It was terrible. I don't know if anyone's living in a car. It ain't fun. Uh, it's definitely not fun. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it was, I definitely was not balling out on money. I had a little bit of money that I was making from DoorDash when I was traveling. And I remember I just bought one NFT just on a whim. Someone had made a YouTube video. I was like, okay, let me just buy one. The second I bought one, I was like, oh, hold on. This is, these are just digital collectibles. And I'm a big, I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh guy, big Pokemon guy. So I'm all in. I was like, you don't got to convince me. If people are buying this and people want it, then that's all I need to hear. Uh, and then as I dove deeper and deeper in the space, 
I was like, okay, trading's really hard. I keep losing money. Um, plus, like, this isn't even my game. I'm not a bit. I'm not a huge business guy. I'm not a huge vlogger. But like, I'm a YouTuber and I like making content. And I was like, and I'm pretty good at talking. I had a podcast for like six months at this point. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try and make some content. Let me try, see if I can do some podcasts with some founders. Let me see if I can do some NFT market updates. Because at that point in the market, everyone was making top five coins, top five NFTs to buy. Because that was the bull run era. And I was like, okay, how can I make videos where the CEO would want to watch this instead of all the 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds who are going to mint in and out of this? How can I get the attention of people who are building something cool here? This is, this is a, a wild space, and I feel like there's more than these just little trading things that are happening. So I kind of altered my content to be more reviews, podcasts. I was able to interview like with Doodles, like one of my first ever podcasts, um, and I was really happy about that. And I think I've built that over like the past year. Um, but what got me in is the digital communities because I was living in the car. I don't think it was a coincidence that it lined up with that timing in my life. I was alone as fuck. I was isolated as fuck. And there was a period of time for four months straight where I didn't speak to a single human um, because there were the, uh, the self-checkouts. So I literally did not speak to a human for four months um, and just lived in this car. And so these digital communities, these discords, uh, being part of a movement, whatever even that was at that point was good enough for me. And I feel like a lot of people got in for that. Um, and I don't know, I'm really happy that the way it panned out. And I'm really glad I had that year of 2021 in the bull market, just because I feel like that part of me, uh, really, really gives me passion, especially in days where I, I, I don't want to be here or I don't want to edit this video. I think because I have those memories of just like amazingness from 2021 and the vibes were just through the fucking roof. Like I, I hope, I don't know. Uh, it, it was amazing. So I'm, I'm again, happy, just so fucking happy to be here. Yeah, I think 2021 was uh, a very pivotal year for just like, all right, what am I doing? And especially since like everything kind of shut down, everybody was like, all right, I have this chance to kind of reevaluate who I am, what can I do? Um, and I think the the momentum of the bull run and everything just enlightened us and just showed us like, okay, there's so much different things that we can do um, in the palm of our hand. And, you know, I, I, I'm originally from Chicago, um, so I've always kind of had like the little hustle mentality in me I always like you know flip shoes clothes um stuff like that so when when it was like nfts and everything like that kind of like grabbed my attention because it was like okay I can move stuff a little bit quicker don't really have to deal with the hassle of just you know going there and selling it physically um not worried about like my safety or anything like that and then when I really started to understand like the technology behind it it's like it really started to grab me towards it and uh you know I I have my background in, in originally in education and languages, but then because I saw how powerful it was, I really wanted to do something more creative with it. And, you know, I saw, okay, this is the chance. This is the, the opportunity that people were talking about when they were saying like, okay, iPhones or computers that they're not going to do anything. And we're living in that same narrative and the same thing, like history likes to repeat itself. And it's okay. Well, we're not going to just going to sit here and then just watch it repeat itself and then be like, ah, I knew it, you know? And then I think that's the difference. Like, you know, we have that kind of, uh, I don't know it's like that little grind grit mentality where it's like, okay, like, we, we're not just watching it unfold within our eyes. Like, let's just do something and let's just make it. And if it doesn't happen, then okay, someone else will do it, but at least we tried. And at least we're in, and we're in that period where 
you can try, you can fail, and no one's gonna know because it's so early and so new. Plus, how how and often do you even get in the opportunity? Like when I found when I was doing YouTube, and I remember at that point the crypto bull run had kicked off from the cycle before, and I was like, man, why couldn't I have been early to crypto, man? What the fuck? Like why why couldn't I have been early? Yeah. Just a couple of years, and then NFTs rolled around, and I said, oh, bet, okay, shout out, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and it and it was so crazy. Like it went it went exponential. Like I was I remember seeing the same thing, me and my roommate, because he was the one that I usually uh flip stuff with and we were looking at these apes too and we we're like, Okay, yeah, like it's just an ape, like okay, it's just cool art, whatever, we're not gonna buy it. And then once we saw like that happen and what we missed it and like that opportunity, we're like, Oh my god. And then I remember him and I were the ones that we're just doing the same exact thing with like Decentraland and we were like looking in the casinos and we're like, dude, like this is freaking amazing. Like we're just hanging out here, we're just doing this and that. And uh, yeah, I felt like a kid again. We're just being excited over just something so simple. Um, and because him and I, you, we used to just play like Grand Theft Auto. And it's just like another version of that where now we can just get, you know, tokenized and, you know, incentivized for all the stuff that we're doing. So yeah, I, I totally agree where that was the year where things were really, you know, starting to pick up. And then things where we're, where we're at now is because of those um, like awakenings within ourselves. So yeah, kudos to you for just taking that leap and everything. Have you have you found like what's the hardest thing you think you you found like managing your your community or building that community? Um, I would say the hardest thing for me specifically, just because content creator is all encompassing term for what I do. I would say that's probably the best way to describe everything because that takes up ninety percent of my time is, is the content, the editing, and I think my my hardest issue specifically um, has been competition with funded, experienced business owners and content creator media teams. So basically all my competition is, well, not all my competition. Um, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll speak for all the people who aren't, who don't have funding. All right. For people who don't have funding for outside stores, you're, you're doing all this shit in house. I, I, I love you. Joyage kingdom. I feel like that's what, uh, it's, it's such a representative of my brand with Joyage being like, roll the dice in yourself, just do things and then wait for other stuff to happen and let them fall in line and just get the ball rolling on yourself and then take that chance. That's kind of what my brand's about. And so, when, when we're like competing with these companies and these media conglomerates who have VC backs and they've got the editors, they've got distribution teams. And it's like, there's so much shit that goes in. If you want to be um, doing the Gary V model and you're trying to upload five, 10, 20 TikToks a day, which is possible. I did it for a year straight. 12, I think it was 10 TikToks a day for a year straight. Um, it is very possible. And it's actually not as hard as people think, but it is also extremely, extremely time consuming. It's a full entire gig. Like you pretty much have to commit and, uh, it is a lot of work and I think that's probably the hardest part is that I had to give up my time because you either have to have a bunch of time or a bunch of money um, and so shout out to anyone who's, who's doing it on their own right now you can kind of only do what you can but that would definitely be the hardest because especially in the business side too like I have my own business in Web3 and I'm competing against guys and girls who have done it and have been successful uh, maybe they came from the Web2 world maybe not um, but I have no experience. I'm like, I've started one business my entire life. And it, the first one was lemonade stand. The second one was garage sales. And after that, I just worked a couple of random jobs, but whatever it was just enough to fund, you know, my soccer campaign back in the day. Uh, but I never was like a, a true hardcore entrepreneur like that growing up. I wasn't super attracted to money for a while. Like I wanted money, but just enough so I could buy back my time so I could play soccer. And now that I'm not playing soccer anymore, I got more interested in the financial aspect of it um, and kind of leveraging it to do things that I want to do. And that's why I figured it made sense to build an online brand because I need, I need to get people behind me. I need to, I need to get myself behind something that's bigger than myself. And so that's kind of where joy was born. So for anybody that's trying to, you know, that's thinking about starting 
um, like a social media presence and, you know, wants to get involved, how, what platforms would you say is the best for that up and coming? It, uh, in Web3 specifically? Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty much Twitter. I've stopped, I've stopped trying everywhere but Twitter. I mean, I still upload everywhere else, but the ROI is, is zilch right now, unless you're just posting on Twitter. Like, I, I've focused on Twitter the last month, and I've said this before on, uh, I forget where I said this, but on the last month or so, I've focused on Twitter, and I've seen more, more uh, I don't know if growth is the exact right word, but I've seen a good ROI, better ROI than the last six months combined by actively focusing on Twitter and trying to create content on Twitter. I, I feel like a lot of people, um, and I only say a lot of people because I, me, <laughs> uh, for me, I thought that it was almost like a LinkedIn and I treated it almost like a LinkedIn and I still don't even understand how LinkedIn works. Like, I don't know if any of y'all figured out LinkedIn, but I haven't figured it out. And uh, so I just kind of stayed away. I was like, you know, what? I'll just tw- I'll post my thoughts every now and then on Twitter. But YouTube is my main thing. YouTube is where I'll communicate. And what I found was that um, instead of my thesis being absolutely right, it was pretty much absolutely wrong, which was that the idea that the OG YouTubers who had been around since 2021 would, I don't know, uh, get a free pass is a terrible way to put it. But I was like, the YouTubers who stick around, like, obviously, they're going to be the leaders. And then what had happened was instead, new people stopped coming to the space. So YouTube dried up. And so all the YouTubers were like, crap, no one's watching our videos, because nobody news coming in, where are all the where are all the web three people, and they're on Twitter. And they're not trying to leave Twitter, they're trying to stay on Twitter, they're in spaces. They're in Twitter lives. I mean, I've had multiple YouTube live streams that got more viewership on the Twitter live stream than the YouTube live stream. And I'm sitting here like, what? Like, what's wrong with y'all? How are y'all doing this to me? Um, and I'm down with it. Like, it's whatever. You kind of, you have to pivot. Uh, but it's been interesting watching which YouTubers and which content creators from 2021, 2022 era have made that transition and acknowledged and recognized that, you know, it, it's happening on Twitter right now. And if you're not building on Twitter, that's a problem. You should be building everywhere else on TikTok. Like, I'm still doing bare minimum things on those apps, but I haven't really focused as much. I'm just kind of doing what needs to be done on those apps and reposting, repurposing my content. But I'm way more intentional with how I use Twitter. I'm networking. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at numbers differently. Like I know a lot of people have ratio issues where they're like, oh, I got to have this many numbers of followers versus uh, following. And, you know, Twitter, I, 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 I will say this, this is probably controversial. I do think there is some merit to the ratio. Like I want my follow to mean something. So I don't want to follow every single person that follows me back because I want them, if they have something that's cool or there's something that's, that's interesting, then of course I'll follow. In that sense, I don't give a shit about the ratio. But if I follow every single person ever, then that kind of defeats the purpose when you, especially if you're trying to be a content creator and trying to grow and trying to build a brand. Um, I do think it, it matters, I think. Um, and I don't know, maybe that sounds like an asshole, but. Do you think you reached a certain point where you where you flipped to that set, or did you always have that? No, no, no. Like, I've had, you know, I've had when that you first three hundred. I didn't. I didn't follow everybody back. I mean, if they if they followed me and they were a content creator, I probably followed them. If I followed them and they were an artist that I was like, oh, their art's really cool, I probably followed them. I mean, if I liked them, I would follow them. But I've had that mentality since I had three hundred followers. Gotcha. Have you, do you think uh, like networking and in Twitter because you're in Seattle now, right? Yep. Obviously, and. Uh, do you do you think like it's been easier to make connections through there and then to meet people like in real life within the community there or how do you how do you find like the whole environment there? I mean, because I know everywhere else isn't really, you know, bumping where there's not a huge community unless like you're like in LA or NYC. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you how's been your transition to Seattle? I love Seattle. I lo- I love Seattle. Um, my first time experiencing the Seattle freeze over or whatever we call this, where it's darker and sadder. 
um i like it like i don't i don't give a fuck about those kind of things like i really don't mind the cold i moved to washington because i was uh living on the beach for my entire life i lived in south carolina sunny charleston for 20 something years and i'm ready bro i was like you know i'm good i've seen enough of the sun i need a little bit of time in the cold so i'm okay with it but the nft community here was bigger than i envisioned when i came here i was like okay it's a big city i'm sure there's some people who do content or some people who do nft stuff um but whatever you know i was i'm just doing content in my room for the most part anyway so i was like if no one if no one's here then that's fine i'll just do my thing um and if i need to i'll work at a bar a couple times a week and i'll meet some people there that's also a uh, super great way to meet people especially moving into a city um and you're just trying to meet people that is the best way there are people who are 20 and there are people who are 50 60 like it's the best and so when I moved here, I didn't know what to do. So I saw the NFT Social Club had popped. I saw uh, the NFT, I think, uh, the museum. I forget exactly what I when I found y'all. Uh, and then I saw Mark. And I saw I just met with some of the content creators who were here, like Leanne, Mark, Lennox, the guys who put on um, NFT Seattle. And I, I think I went to, like, one or two meetups, went to one of the NFT Museum meetups. NFT Seattle was a fucking blast. Like, that was so cool. Shout out Mark and, and uh, Lennox for putting it together and everyone else who helped set that up. And that was a great event. Uh, and I think the energy of the city really, really helps. Like, I've had no problem meeting people. Um, but I think it's that's more of a question of, like, how good are you in a social setting with people you don't really know that well? How how well can you navigate that atmosphere and not come off as awkward or weird or something like that? And if you're comfortable in those kind of settings and you're okay just being dropped into a room with people you don't know, um, but you're good at talking about NFTs and you're passionate about NFTs, they'll probably be able to see that. And then you'll vibe other things. Like, the people that I've gotten really close with in the NFT land who live in Seattle, who have become um, good friends in real life, who live here, um, they came because we had NFTs in common, and we we like it in a, in a business sense. We like talking about it. We nerd out over it. Um, but we talk about a whole slew of other things. I think it just, it's like the glue that holds us together. So I've had no problem with it. I think if you're not in the city, it's much harder. Like, I lived in Colorado in the residential area a year ago, and I didn't meet fucking anyone. There was probably, like, one or two people who reached out on Twitter, and at that point, I was too, like, wrapped up in everything to, to take my time out to, to go to Denver and, and do that. And I should have. But in the city, it's a lot easier. I would say if you're living residential, I guess just make up your own, um, like, group meet, whatever app that is. And then just, like, set an event. You'll probably have three people show up. And then just go from there. I think you just build from there. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely uh... – didn't even hear about the Seattle freeze term until I was like a year and a half in um, after already living and experiencing it. But yeah, people do have like a certain point of like the weather change and everything like that. And uh, I mean, I'm from Chicago, so like I'm if there's no snow on the ground, I'm cool with that. Um, but I definitely see what you're saying. I think, yeah, just taking yourself out of that, your comfort zone, I think is the biggest thing uh, because people, especially in this space, people are just so used to being online, always being on Twitter, always being on Discord, always typing on there. And, you know, on there, everything is kind of the organic or if you think whatever it is, like you're talking to people there, but then when you go out, um, it really takes that jump. And I remember when I initially took that jump to go ahead and go to like an NFT uh, meetup over there for the Seattle NFT social club. And I remember the first time I was like, oh, like, I don't know, like I'm very sociable, but then it was still like, I was still having doubts and I was like, should I go? Should I do this? Should I just stay here? And I was like, no, like I got to push myself. I got to do that limit. And then honestly, a lot of stuff just started happening from there. Like I got that. And then I started, you know, building the courage and that's when the NFT conference was building up, or I think it was actually the Seattle art show. And uh, we were doing stuff at the museum and I started off there where I just asked if, you know, they needed volunteers and I just get my foot in the door. I never went in there physically, I want, but I knew a lot about the space. I knew about everything about it and you know I got in and 
it's just been so easily to just talk to people. People go there, people go to the Gallup, you start talking to them about anything. And then, yeah, like you said, it just builds up. You go from start off at NFT and that's like your common ground where everyone knows, but then you start to get to know each other as like a person, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, where they're from and stuff like that and then the connection just build naturally yeah and you also don't um, have to so. like everyone like that i think this might after moving to the city i've never moved to a city before so this is a really interesting experience for me and i wasn't in a rush to do anything wasn't in a rush to make friends wasn't in a rush to figure it out i was just kind of here and just sort of almost like observing myself a little bit and what i noticed was when i when i would go to new places uh originally i would have anxiety to try to meet everyone there and sometimes I do. It kind of depends on what kind of event it is or what kind of social gathering or whatever it is. But sometimes I would be like, okay, like, do I, should I meet everyone here or should I meet like three or four people and get to know them really well? And then uh, like, I guess if you're going to be going to a place, we're going to go and repeat and come back again and come back the week again after kind of thing. It might be better, in my opinion, to try and have a real, real deep conversation or not a deep conversation, but like a, a real conversation with a, you know, a handful of people. And then, you know, let that handful of people introduce you to a new set of people with their mutuals they'll probably bring someone the next time but if you try and meet everyone at these kind of seattle social events you're, you're i feel like you're going to come off the wrong way or you're going to talk to too many people and say the same generic shit or you're going to introduce yourself to someone you already introduced yourself to <laughs> done before and i'm like 90 percent sure i guess i'll say this here because you might see it i'm pretty sure david all hates me because and this is the thing like i feel like when you go to these things you take the risk of someone hearing something you say and, and taking a different meaning out of it i'm like 90 percent sure david all hates me because the first conversation we had I actually said something and I, I feel like it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. And I felt, I sounded like a dick. I said something along the lines of like, uh, I was like, yo, so I should meet you. We're talking for a second and we're talking about his change now. And then I said something along the lines of like, yo, I would love to like shoot a podcast or something. Um, and I would like, maybe, maybe someone who follows me on Twitter is also in Seattle. Like I've never put out a tweet about Seattle. Uh, maybe there's people on, on Twitter who are also in Seattle. And I think the way I said it sounded like a fucking influencer. And I was like, I wonder if anyone who follows me, Anyone who follows me lives here in Seattle. And I, th I think I sound like a dick. So anyways, I'm going to put that out there. Maybe the universe will bring us together, David. Let, take me back, bro. Take me back. <laughs> well, David's very picky, but I don't think he – he doesn't really hate anybody. Uh, but, I mean, I work with him pretty often, too. Like, I work on Change Down and stuff. So, I mean, don't worry. I'll, I'll get you – I'll clear your name if, if that is the case. But, uh, yeah, I think he he's always, like, on the edge for in case, like, just – just because he has like that CEO kind of mindset because he has like his whole organization going. So he's always like on the protective side. Um, so I think he's always just like trying to like, he's been trying like scam people have, have reached out to him and try to get a thing. And he's like, he's just kind of uh, weaves them out. So I think he's more on like the safer side, but cause he's always like down to do podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but I know what you're saying. Like sometimes, and I, and I, and I, I've like, had some fart moments too where i just like said something and i was like oh am i even speaking english like what the hell am i saying and uh you know and i'm always worried about that too where it's like oh my god like did that just sound weird like am i one of those weird people and they're just gonna like shun me i was like i'm not weird i swear i'm just nervous <laughs> so it's uh it's a, like it, it's it's tough when you're meeting so many people at that same time and you you kind of just fluster with your words and you kind of just like kind of you, you feel the energy and you feel kind of uplifted so things just kind of like spur out of your mouth um and so sometimes they can just be like that yeah and i think it was uh, my first time it was that was I, specifically that meeting was the very first time i met him and i'd ever been to any social event in seattle and that was i think a few months into my stay there so i was like i probably was trying to make up for it a little bit and uh, i don't know probably sound a little bit bigger than i was because i knew who he was 
So there's a chance that maybe I did entirely come off the exact way uh, that I didn't want to or something. Because I just remember he like, because I remember on my vague memory that he like smirked and then like ever since that we have like haven't said too much to each other. Um, and I and again, it's fucking just in my head. I'm like, is it because he thinks I'm a piece of shit influencer? And I just I said something that came out terribly. But anyways, we won't make this therapy session about myself. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Well, we love you, man. So don't worry. We we will clear your name if there's if there is any doubt in there. But yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, and it and it does fluster at some you know point in time. Um, I did want to ask you too, just like because you have because you are like you have talked to so many people, and I, one of the people that I see you talk all the time is with like Wendy O and stuff, and I think that's freaking amazing, and she's such an amazing person. I haven't had a chance to you know personally talk to her, but I see you guys' interactions and she's always just so genuine and nice. Um, who have been like some of your favorite collaborations or like some, you know, people that you've worked with and talked with? Oh man, I'm gonna get flamed for leaving someone out. Um, how, do I, how do I preface this so I say it myself? I, I love everybody, man. I love everyone. But uh, there I, there are some people that come to mind just right off the rip off my head just because um, I, so I just couldn't remember it. Um, in the moments when they were happening because they were surreal to me because I've always wanted to do content and I've always growing up i felt like as a kid i was sure i wasn't sure but i was just like average height or maybe a little bit shorter than average height uh in school and so everything was always i mean if you're a short person then like everything is a battle you know if you're not popular everything's a battle kind of thing so like that's how my growing up in school was like um and so it was always like man i wish people would take me seriously i wish adults would not laugh at me like these kind of things so when i got to a certain age that sort of stops you get to a certain age like after college maybe um, where either you stop, to, you stop thinking like that or people indeed stop talking to you like that. Um, and one of the first people in the space was, was Jordan Castro, one of the founders of Doodles and Dapper Labs. He was one of the first big podcasts I ever had. So him, for sure, he just reached out because he saw my Doodles video. And the reason that was important is because that was what gave me the idea to start the business, which was, oh, I should review every single NFT project that exists and become the guy who does reviews. And then at some point, someone will pay me to do a review and I don't have to be a sellout and be like a promo guy who like does promos. I can do reviews and it's, it's non-biased kind of thing. So for that, Jordan, shout out. And then um, Greg Norman, who's the former CEO of Jupiter Group and Bungie Project. Bungie is uh, from Brandon, for, Jesus Christ, okay, why can't I speak? Brandon Murphy. Brandon Murphy, a super established artist. Um, one of the coolest people I've ever seen. All his art pieces are hung up. These big Bungie spacemen in places like Serena Williams house or like David Djokovic, like, or, um, Djokovic or like all these like super famous athletes and stuff. So he's a really established artist. I loved his NFT project. I was able to get Greg Norman, the CEO on the podcast, bought into a, a Bungie project that day. But I remember that episode because he was such a business guru and so, so high level. And I remember being like, why is this dude talking to me? I'm like a 23 year old dude. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, why are you talking to me? Um, but it was a big confidence booster because I was like, okay, like there must be a reason that he's talking to me. Otherwise, he wouldn't waste his time on my podcast. He wouldn't bother coming on. And so that was a really big moment for me that kind of shifted my reality. So those were early 2021, I think, is when some of those first podcasts came out. Um, other than that, like NFT Nate, for sure. He was probably the biggest YouTuber that reached out. Um, and, you know, we had like he really helped me on a bunch of things. We talked. He was probably one of the first uh, YouTubers who I got to kind of connect with and he he went out of his way I don't remember what it was but he went out of his way and I really remember that so NFT Nate he's from Australia great YouTuber um, and then other than that like yeah Crypto Wendy um, has been a beast I think she definitely gets the game you know like she's a huge influencer person and I didn't realize that when I first got her on the podcast I was like I didn't realize what level of, 
of player she was in the game, you know, like I didn't realize she was that OG. And so uh, when I got the podcast, I had a ton of people hitting me up about that. And they're like, how did that happen kind of thing? And I think she got the game of, of social media because I basically milked the fuck out of that um, podcast by like making literally 50 different podcast clips so I could upload a podcast clip every day for the next couple months. And hopefully she would see it again and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that episode. I remember this because you forget what happens in podcasts really fast because we're talking so much. Like you don't even remember what you said most of the time. So if you don't do these follow up podcast clips with these people they interview, they're not even going to remember that they interviewed with you. Like they literally won't remember. I don't remember unless I see a podcast clip of something I said. So she's been great. She's also reshared almost everything I've posted because, again, she gets the game. And when I finished that podcast with her, I remember I re-edited all my podcast clips so that it could be for her. And I remember I changed all the pronouns from, like, I said this to, like, Kate said this. And it would be more of, like, coming from her perspective as if she was going to post it. And I sent all those to her in, like, a Google, in like a Google Drive thing because I was like, well, I want her to post it. Like, I'd much rather her post it than not post it. So I need to make this as seamless as possible for her. And I think there's something to be said about that, like that mindset there to try and, I don't know, I feel like capitalize is such a terrible way to put it. And I feel like I'm explaining it in a way where it's, it sounds really snobby and really weird. But in those kinds of situations, you do have to capitalize. But I was taken back by Crypto Wendy's approach to the market. Um, she's very, um, how do I say this? She's very confident when she speaks. And I think she has to be, especially in the crypto world. I've talked to a lot of a lot of women in this space who say they get drowned out by people who just walk all over for them. They talk all over them. They don't give a shit. And you could see that like, like fucking boss energy that comes from her. And it was really powerful. And man, I, yeah, she, she's been an amazing, amazing person in the space and uh, a good friend. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting that you said that. Cause uh, I never looked at it in that perspective of like that you, um, you know, that you took that extra step to, to make it easier. Um, and it, like you said, like, it's not to try to ca- capitalize it or try to, you know, get the most out of it. It's just to just keep spreading it and keep spreading it to different like forms of platforms and stuff um so that's really interesting because i've never heard you know someone do that and that's really like if i were if i were her like receiving that like oh like this guy like you know took the extra time and did this for for this and it's not like a selfish thing you know you just look at it's like oh he's he's trying to help me out i'm trying to help him out and it's just like that you know you hold my hand i hold yours and stuff like that um do you do you do anything else that that kind of like it's kind of shortcuts to i I don't want to say shortcuts but like stuff to aid you know your other person that you're that you're working with in, in those collaborations yeah um so i well i just saw craig uh, crypto just entered the chat like right as i was thinking about him so shout out craig he's also one of the people um of the space there's actually a bunch of people in here that i really um you guys know who you are anyways um yeah i think there's some things that i do that allow me to get into a different position because i think i think when you're doing it all in-house and you're doing everything on your own you get to, or you you realize you have to do extra work. Like all the things I just outlined that I did for for Crypto Wendy, that's what you do. Like that's behind the scenes. That's straight up what everyone does. It's just no one really talks about it because it's not that interesting most of the time. Uh, but if you're a content creator and you're trying to do all the short form content right, that's what everyone does. And if you're tr- if you've got a podcast guest that's bigger than normal, you prepare bigger than normal than you did. I remember when Craig Cri- Crypto had um, who was it? It was. Uh, NFT God, I think, who's a massive inf- uh, influencer person in the space. And I was at his house because I just happened to be visiting that state. And we like sat there and prepared for like an hour or something. We like went on TikTok live. We we're like asking people what to ask him. And like those are the kind of things that when you're a proper show host and you're wanting to prepare for these podcasts, I think you should be doing them. Um, and so another thing that I do is I, I prepare heavy for not every podcast. It kind of depends on how much info they have. If there's someone who's been on a bunch of podcasts. You can bet your ass I'm watching at least three podcasts because I'm not trying to answer or I'm not trying to ask like a repeat question. 
So I'll, I will research them heavy. If they don't have a lot of content, I'm going to definitely be consuming a lot of their content and uh, anything that they do put out to try and get a read on them and see if I can ask some questions that normally wouldn't come up. And if I see they're, they're only posting this kind of thing, I'm going to see if I can get a different side of them. Um, and so I really try and capitalize when we're talking live, you know, when we're actually speaking and engaging back and forth with each other on the podcast, I'm really, really trying to like just connect and, and like break through these, you know, the, the small talk and like get something out where like they maybe didn't realize something about themselves. And like, while they're saying it, as they're speaking out, they're going, damn, like where did that come from? You know what I'm saying? Like those are the best podcasts. And when I was a photographer, it was the same thing. Like I would just try and get these, these little in-between shots, these little candid moments in between the smiles. And those were always the best shots. Like I love doing couple photo shoots and things like that because you get the shot right before they broke into laughter and it was fucking beautiful. And I was like, man, like this is how, this is like, this is how you should be doing it. This is how like the pros should be doing it. Um, and as I got deeper and deeper into the profession of podcasting, like that kind of is how it goes. And I think when you're a, when you're a proper host as well, um, for podcasts specifically, the more seamless you can make the whole process, the better, because I've been on podcast shows where I go and I have no idea what's happening. Um, I don't know what to do. Like when I get there, I'm not sure what to do. And I'm like, I don't know what the conversation going to be about. And like, I, I remember just like sitting there wishing that they had made it easier for me to feel comfortable. And I feel comfortable doing any kind of content. I've been doing it for so long that I don't care. But I just think about it from like the perspective of someone who wouldn't have the video experience. They're going to be sitting here going like, oh, now I'm uncomfortable. Like now I don't want to say what I was going to say. Now I'm, now I'm shy kind of thing. And I know that happens on podcasts because that's how it was in the beginning for me too. So I think anything you can do where you're like, okay, if I was the host and like, or sorry, if I could switch shoes, basically, like, what would I want? And I really try and intentionally think about that when I'm making videos, when I'm filming anything, when I'm in the middle of a podcast, I'm always refreshing in my head. Like, okay, like, what could I be doing right now? Is this better? Is this another way I should be doing it? Um, Is there somewhere else I can go with this? Um, And those are kind of like revolving in my head as I'm listening. And it's, it's almost like my, my, uh, my preset. Like in, like in photos and your editing. It's like a preset that's like sitting there. It's in like my subconscious almost. And I've had to build that over like the last two years where I don't have to think about it as much anymore. Um, and then you, I think you get to a certain point where those things sort of fall into the background. And then that's where you're a professional. At some point you cross that line where you're like, okay, I've been doing this for a while. I get the game. And I think that's where we're all building toward. No, definitely. I, I do want to ask too, because I know you're saying like, just like, making those clips and, and setting everything up and organizing um, with the conversation of like, in, like bring it in AI and stuff like that. Do you think that's going to make things easier for influencers and like making stuff, making content, making, you know, videos faster, blurting things out over, you know, overdubbing anything like that. Do you think you're, that's going to be like a tool for you? Do you think you're going to utilize it really often? Or are you just, uh, I'm excited to use it at some point. I think it's funny how many people have made, videos on on businesses that they don't run and maybe <laughs> like that's fine you know they're youtubers so their their job isn't to build the business is to make the videos but uh i haven't i have been uh i don't know what the word is i've been interested in observing who has basically switched over entirely to ai content i'm not sure what to think about it like i i feel like i qualify web3 nfts crypto tech AI, it's all in the same sphere. Like, I get it. You know, like, I I get the, you can play that card for sure. And you can get away with it. But what I will say is there are people who are in, who are deep in the Web3 world specifically, who are probably talking shit going like, I can't believe they're making AI content. Like, they're just chasing views. And 
I'm not sure what to think about that. I haven't really made an AI content that's going to be helpful to anyone. I haven't built a business with AI, so I don't feel comfortable making a video talking about that because I haven't done it. Um, and so with AI, I think at some point, yeah, in the next few years, there'll be something that's really cool. I think it's good to watch. There's nothing engaging that I can make, I don't think, that someone else already hasn't made a hundred times. And I just want to be able to offer something unique. And for that, I need my own experience with it. And all I've really done is mess with ChatGBT. Um, I've seen some success, but I'm going to be honest, I it's it's super overhyped right now. I mean, the the real value there is like, yo, can I work for a company and or sorry, can I can I really understand how to prompt ChatGPT to give me what I want or Midjourney to give me what I want and uh, work for a company and be able to deliver that for them? That's the only real business strategy I see yet. But I also haven't used it that much. Um, it's really fucking hard. Like if I went to Midjourney and I tried to get a certain image or a certain theme or something. Um, it, it works sort of. And I get like a, a, a decent drawing of what I wanted, but it's rarely like anything what I was imagining, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I just think it's super fucking early with with the AI stuff, and it blew up super fast, and it pulled Andrew Tate. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's going to fade for a little bit. We probably won't hear anything for a little bit. Uh, then it'll make a comeback. Someone will make a viral video. There will be another viral app that goes off like Lensa, and then everyone will make content about it again. Um, and then video ideas come. But I'm not hating on the YouTubers who do it. I mean, if the YouTubers didn't make those ChatGPT videos, they just wouldn't be as well-known, um, And which which, again, is like backwards for innovation. Like, we need people to do it. Um, it's just one of those things, like for me, I'm going to stick with a with the NFT content. I'm going to stick with the Web3 content. If there's AI that makes sense that I could somehow rope it in where it's not, I don't know, like cringy or something like that, where it makes sense to my brand, then I'm down. You know, I'm down. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at it as like the beginning of when NFTs were kind of emerging and everyone was just using it as like a profile picture. And it's like, oh, like this is really cool. Like people are utilizing it. But then it was like, okay, but what's the actual use case? What can I do with it? How can I use it further to benefit me and you know obviously we had stuff for you know utility and, and it provides this and memberships and and i think that's where we're at with like ai especially as like we're there's so many programs that i'm, I'm even learning about too uh recently that like help you edit videos and you can blur things out and you can just like have it um not even make the video itself like if you wanted to make like an introduction one you just put your script on from the gbt like chat gbt and then you put it on there and then it just creates like the video off the script um so I think like once we get a little bit more of a handle on it or something, like it would just it would just expand like the creativity that what we can do and what we can like reach. So yeah, I, I feel I'm on like, the same boat. Like I feel like we're in the beginning of it, like when when NFTs were first starting and then people just gotta play around with it, see what they really can make, other than just like, you know, pictures or, or a script for a storybook that then you can just like make something, but then like actually utilize it in like the real world to then benefit you. Um so like, yeah, I, I totally agree. I I think I'm going to start digging in more into it just because, like I said, like it, I'm kind of easing into want to do more videos. Um, I haven't really done any videos. And I think uh, a lot of that has just been just trying to understand like the whole video editing side of it or how to make ideas or even doing the dubbing and putting like subtitles and all that stuff. And I think like with these tools, then people will be able to do more stuff with it. And people will just, I think it will be more beneficial because then people will just get more educated. Um, and I think that's like the main thing that we're missing is just knowing that education and wanting to learn it um, and then like utilize it. So I don't know. I have, I have good hope for it too. Hopefully it does well. Hopefully it helps like everyone in this space too, where it's not just like one specific thing, but it's just like, it's artists, it's writers, it's, it's a podcast, you know, hosts, it's, it's everything. Um, but slowly but surely, I guess, right? Yeah, I was going to say one, one thing I do want to say, and I want to make sure I say it like a statement, is that I don't want people to jump ship immediately, whatever they're on, when, you know, a okay, AI is a big thing, but 
there's a big thing every every little bit. I think AI is probably bigger than all those things macro if we zoom out big enough. But on a, on a smaller, shorter to midterm scale, if you're bouncing around every time there's a new shiny object, which is really hard not to do, by the way, I still do. It. I feel like most YouTubers and content creators can't help it because it's interesting and people are talking about it. So that you can't not talk about it. Like for me not to talk about ChatGPT, probably net probably was net negative. Honestly, I just if I split my time and took away from what I was already doing so that I could learn this new thing about AI and stuff then it doesn't help. That's why I always used it in ways where it could actually make my life easier. Could it, like my PFP is mid journey. So like Epic, like let's go. I love that. I love that photo. Um, but that, or I actually, that was Lenza. Never mind. Okay. never mind. But, um, I was trying to figure out ways that would actually help me because I didn't have the time to give up more time to learn by AI. And I do want to say like for anyone who's just like jumping ship. Um, I don't know if that's a great idea. If, if there's something that you're on and you like it and then AI might actually help something in that world, then yeah, hundred percent go for it. But don't just jump ship because some people are talking about AI and Alex Ramosi made a YouTube video on AI. Like, yeah, he's going to capitalize on the views, of course, because he's got a social media manager who's telling him to. Like, yeah, he's got 700 things on his plate. He's got people to help him and delegate and pay to take care of those things. So it, it, it's a little bit different. And also um, for because you just said you wanted to make content and I, content creation literally saved my life. So I'm very passionate about content creation because I think it's a form of therapy. When I started my podcast, I did it in February 2021, I think, is when I started. And I started it because I realized that, you know, you get in those, like, long rants in your room and you're just sitting in your desk chair and you're fucking rambling to the wall about what you should have said at that argument. Like a typical shower conversation, but in your room. And I remember, like, I was like, one day, I was like, man, I should just film this one day. Like, I swear I'd be saying some woke stuff. So I was like, let me just film this. So I filmed one episode and I was like, wait, that was really fun. And for some reason, I feel a weight off my, my shoulders or something. Like, I feel less stress. Um, like a form of journaling or something. And so I kept recording them and I couldn't stop. And I was like, oh my God, this is a fucking superpower. Like to, to fall in love with this kind of thing is like a superpower. Like everyone needs to do this or have some version of this where they're getting their thoughts out entirely. Like spaces are so much fun for that. People love Leap. Um, Leap I'm sure a lot of people know Leap uh, XYZ in the space. He's an outstanding host of spaces and he goes, he used to go for like 10 hours. Now he's he's brought it back a little bit, thank God. But he's going for like eight hours and, I remember before I jumped into his things, I would always see them from afar and be like, who the fuck is going in these spaces for eight? Like, that's crazy. And then I went in a couple of them and I was like, oh, he's a beast. Uh, but he loves doing it. And I think people really like his, it's almost like a therapy session. You go in and there's these really, really long drawn out discussions, sometimes go longer than they need to be. But it's like a therapy session. You get out of it and you're like, man, I feel good. And at the end of it, he leaves a really motivational, you know, leap outro and it's epic. I started doing that at the end of my streams, talking about Joyage and um, things like that that are brand work. And I think there's something to be said about that. And for people who don't have anything in content, I think a podcast is a great way to start. It's how I built my brand. I did a lot of podcasts, a lot of people. You meet people, you get new ideas, you talk to someone else. It's at least something, especially if you're someone who, you know, if you're if you want to make content, you're like, I don't have content to make. I don't have uh, maybe I don't have information to, to send out whatever. The podcast solves all of it. Just start a podcast and say, OK, well, my new value is bringing value to this person and I'm just going to interview them and I'm going to get three followers from them. And that's totally fine. I'm going to do another podcast. I'm going to get two followers and I'm just going to build that way. I think with the NFT social media influencers, there's been a push to monetize your content within a day. It's like you made one TikTok. Like, where's monetization? And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know how many photo shoots I did for free? Like, you know how many yards I mowed for free? Like, you know how much free stuff you have to do to, like, get in the door? And people make one video and they're like, I should be getting paid and I should be getting sponsored by Red Bull. And you're like, 
fam, you have not even come close to the amount of value you'd have to bring to get a sponsor like Red Bull. And again, I don't have a sponsor from Red Bull, but I'm just saying, like, I've been making content for a long time, NFT content making for a long time. And like, that's just not the case. And so like, if you like making content, if you find that you like making TikToks with, you know, voiceovers or something, it doesn't have to be the same kind of content that you see your best friend making. Um, I think it's very therapeutic. And I think there's something to be said about documenting that journey and keeping yourself accountable. And it feels really good. Whenever I do those videos where I keep up with myself, maybe a vlog style every now and then, I really do enjoy it. And I don't know if you all have noticed, but on TikTok right now, the entire algorithm right now is people doing get ready's with me. Like, People love that shit. So I'm just saying right now, there's never been a more green time to get in to content creation. And I think everyone should, even if it's just for their own good. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for sharing that. Because yeah, I think, uh, especially me, I think I needed to hear that as well. Because one of the biggest things is like, I've always had these takes. I had, uh, you know, when I first started in, in getting into crypto, um, I had my three roommates pretty much. And we were all just kind of like all in. And we were all just talking and, and, and I love talking to them. Like we have like weekly, um, like two, three times a week uh, where we where we call and we just talk and we just talk and discuss and everything. And I tell them, I was like, we should just, because we all ha- kind of have like different perspectives. And I was like, let's just all start something. Let's just all talk like we do now and just record it. And, and it's beautiful that we all have these different kind of perspectives because they're all kind of in the same alignment and they all kind of have like the same goal, but we all have different things of how it's going to unfold. And I think people need to hear those different options because it's always like kind of one-sided or if it's like from a different thing and it, and it's nice because we're all we're all friends and we're all group but we all have still carry our own different perspectives and we like to you know we, we're all comfortable enough where we butt heads and we say our points and we say this and that and I think the biggest thing for me has just been like okay like I've been introducing it you know I told him I was like okay let's all go get microphones let's 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 make this a reality you know and I, and I downloaded stuff on my Mac and I was like, okay, this is how we can do it. I recorded like sessions trying to like get them to ease into it, but then they never, you know, jumped that ship with me. And I think that's the only thing that kind of like held me back. Cause I was like, okay, I can do it, but I didn't want to do it alone. Right. I didn't want to do it with, you know, I needed my, my friends to be there to kind of just bounce off. And I, and I thought that that was kind of like my core root of why I, you know, why we had those takes or why the conversations were so good and why it was so beneficial is because we all were there together. And so I think that was the main thing that, um, kind of held me back because I know all I wanted to do is like, I want to educate people and I want to help people understand the space that are so new um, and that have these questions and have these doubts. And uh, I think them not being there to aid me kind of like made me kind of feel like self-doubtish. And I was like, okay, maybe I can't do this or maybe I can't. Um, but I've, I've had like many days where I just started talking to myself, like you said, like to the wall. And I'm like, man, like, this is a really good idea. Maybe I should just start videotaping right now. Like, this is the beginning. This is the origin of it. And maybe things will, you know, come from it. And so I think that for me, and it, I'm glad that, you know, that you're saying this too, because I think I just need to hear that leap. Um, Wait, hold on. Like, do, you have, do you have another application or, uh, sorry, another phone or iPad near you? Uh, I have my, my laptop. Hold on. You have a laptop with a webcam and it's right next to you and you're not filming this right now? <laughs> yeah. Bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? Every So almost every time I do a spaces, I, I have my camera set up and I just let it record because I'm like, you never know when you're going to say something accidentally. That's crazy. Um, definitely on spaces. Like I started doing my YouTube show and then letting my phone just be on for spaces. 
that's been great um for especially for like discourse and stuff but like also uh-huh. this i'll just add to the i'll add to the fomo for you so that you do this content um especially because you got dude you got the nft museum like page you got the connections dude like i'm down to shoot a podcast too so like we can definitely get it done but i was gonna say like dude imagine you say something for your own benefit because you want to build a brand you want to get followers you say something and you accidentally change someone's entire fucking life because you broke you were the person that broke their limiting belief like the amount of times that like some random person on tiktok with six views on the video and i just for some reason decided to watch the video and they say something that broke my reality the amount of times it happened it's it's like laughable almost like i should not be this gullible and just believing people's stories and stuff but like you would never believe like you'll tell a story that you think is just the dumbest shit and you think no one's gonna care and that video pops and for some reason six and a half million people also vibe with that story and you're like i don't get it and you're like that's humans for you and i think that's the power when you start posting especially once you start posting just volumes of content like gary v says you stop giving a fuck and you're just trying to get it out and you literally don't know you're gonna get a comment on a tuesday and it's gonna be something super heartfelt or like yo you helped me with this and you're gonna be like wow that was not my fucking intention but that's awesome and like that's the power of content like you get there's so many net benefits for everyone involved like if you especially like what if you hire an editor now you're employing this person they're feeding their family because you're making videos. Like that's the coolest shit ever. And like, that's where you can get to. So like that, I always keep that as like a North star too. Well, I'll tell you one thing you, uh, I, I'm starting the camera now <laughs> you, and I'm fired up already. I mean, do you like how you, it brings me back to like what you were saying too, where you're like, all right, if there's one thing that's like breaking the reality, like you're breaking mine right now too. Uh, and, and that's why I love like talking and, and fucking go. Yeah, like you're breaking mind, like you're firing me up. Like I love this. Like I want to do it. Like, you're, you're, if anything, you're you're setting up that momentum for me. So it's like, yeah, like I appreciate you for that and for those tips because like I I would have never guessed it. I, you know, I, I'm recording the the spaces, but I wasn't recording myself. And it's like, yeah, like why aren't I doing it? Like I'm already doing it. We're already talking. Let me show face. So. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, and I'm I'm glad that you said that because now I'm gonna definitely do that. Hell yeah, man! And look, I. Again, you have my contact now, so I'm down. If you need help on content or you want to shoot, shoot something or whatever, I'm literally a quarter mile from you, bro. My apartment is literally a quarter mile from you, not to dock my location, but I am so close to the NFT Museum, so. Hell yeah. 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 How did, and was it, was it hard for you to like meet uh, like Mark and, and Lennox throughout that stuff too? Because since you were like, how did you meet them? You're going to love my answer, bro. They saw a TikTok <laughs> video content really? bro like that, because because when someone meets you like say you meet gary v say gary v walks into the seattle museum he needs no intro he walks in and people know him because he's put out the content and that's the thing like when you put out content like that and you don't know who's gonna see it like i remember at, and the very first time ever and i think i've only been seen or recognized like three times anyway because I'm, I'm a smaller content creator obviously and uh some dude just walked up to me at nft nyc i had my sunglasses on that are in my profile picture everyone knows me for i had those silly sunglasses on and he's in the goblin town line with like the other thousand people that were in there sweating and fucking yeah sweating all over each other and he's like kate bro like watch youtube videos and he's like shook hands and that was it and i was like wow that was crazy and if i had had a conversation with him he would have needed no intro he would have had you know somewhat some kind of context on me i don't know what he saw of me but like that's the power of content like people might actually kind of know you and especially when you meet someone who's a content creator you easily get to skip like 32 levels of friendship because you you've seen some of their content. Hopefully they made some personal branding bits where they've opened up a little bit and posted something that's more personal. Um, like, like literally yesterday or the day before I posted this carousel video and it was literally a 
a story of myself. I don't know if you saw, but it was like this a story time myself. Um, and I basically started from the very beginning. It was like 12 slides, or like 12 pictures or something, a, a small caption on each one. And if you watch that video, it took, I think, a minute and a half to watch it. You literally would know pretty much anything relevant to, to needing to know me as far as big macro stuff, what I believe in and things like that. You'd be able to know that. And so if someone met me after watching that video, they would not need to like figure out who I am. They'd be kind of know who I am and they can kind of just go from there. So like, that's the benefit of content. They already know who you are. They see your stuff, especially if you meet someone and you meet them online. Like I'll tell you this story because this is cool for me. So P.O. from the NFT show, the NFT morning show, super nice guy off camera too. And we connected and he sort of knew a hand who I was, but not really. Um, and then after we ended up connecting, he saw like 12 of my videos in the next couple of days. Cause I'm uploading like 10 videos a day. And so like he had no choice, but for me to, you know, shove content down his throat. And now, you know, I don't care if he wanted to or not. He now knows me and he now has got contacts on me because I've uploaded such a disgusting amount of content. That he had no choice. And pretty much anyone who becomes friends with me, the second they follow me on Instagram, they've signed over a waiver and they said, okay, I've, uh, I've, I've given, the rights over of my Instagram to now only seeing Cade and Joy's Kingdom content. So that's just kind of how it goes. But I think uh, content's a big, big way to get to know people. Yeah, I think uh, I've only had like certain like experiences with it just because why I wear my my Seattle NFT sweater and I walk around and people are like, oh, you 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 work there or like you you work there or anything? I'm like, yeah, I work there. And they're like, everyone's just handing me the cards or whatever. And they're like, oh, like check me out, check this out, check this out. And it's a kind of good feeling too because sometimes like i remember i was at a store one time i was literally just in there just trying to buy something like at walgreens and uh had my headphones in and some guy like tapped me on the shoulder he's like hey i see you have an nft sweater on i was like yeah like i work there and he's like oh like here here like check me out this is this and that and then he was like talking to me and it was like really like organic because i love talking about nfts anyways and i and i rarely meet people too um so it was just someone just i was talking to him i was like oh yeah like inspiring him like motivating him i was like just checking out his art like giving him some feedback and i was like this is like really awesome um and i remember like as soon as i walked away then it was like another security guard and he was like hey uh, what was that about and i was like oh like uh he recognized me because i work at the seattle nft museum because i have the sweater on and he was like well what's an nft and you know that that just started spiraling from there and like i could talk about nfts any time of day like i don't care if i have to go to a party i don't care if i have to do something I'll, i'll take the extra time and i was like well let me tell you what an NFT is. And I was like, explain to him like what that is, what blockchain was. And he was like really fascinated. And there's like, a guy that was like 50 years old. And uh, he was like, huh, like, I, I never knew that. Like, I, I thank you for like teaching me. And I was like, of course, like, I, I, that's all I love to do. And he was like, well, here's my car, like this and that, like whatever, in case there's any like events that happen and just like, let, let me know. And I was like, for sure. I'll, I'll gladly like, let you know. Um, so I think I, I've, I've, I've had like more physical ones and i know mago's in this space as well and he or he was but he's he's told me like stories before too where he was just uh especially during the nft conference where he was walking down the street and uh people were just like recognizing him because he had like his badge on for the museum and he was like oh you work at the museum and he was like yeah and he's like oh come here let me show you something and he just get like free admission and free extra you know I don't want to say like special treatment, but it's just you, you, like you said, like you, you jump those extra spaces, like you jump those opportunities and then people are just there and they recognize you and they just want to build that connect, like that connection. Um, and it's, it's really, really crazy when it happens because you, it, it literally happens when you least expect it. And those are like the most beautiful times too, because then you have like the most genuine conversations with people. Yeah. And also like, how else are they going to know you? Like if you're, if you're someone who's listening right now and you don't have content out, in the form especially video like i know people don't want to make videos sometimes they don't want to 
But like, how the fuck else do you think your your dream employer is gonna find you? Like, are, do you think they're gonna find and look at your Twitter profile picture and be like, yup, well, you know what? Hire them. That's fucking good enough for me. Like, that's there's no reality where that happens. None. You have to have something that they want or like, and it doesn't have to be an easy. Sp- they might just like your vibe. There are so many people that I know who have gotten jobs and gotten hires because they just like them, and they're like, no, nah, I've seen your videos. I just like you. I've gotten hired for stuff. I've hosted spaces um because they just liked me and i was like I, and at that was at that point i had just a couple thousand followers and i was like hey you know like i'm not like popping like that you know it's just they're like no, no no we just like your videos we like your brilliant reviews and i was like oh okay um and pretty much every single situation where i've gotten any opportunity has been somewhere along the lines they're like we saw your videos and we liked them and that was because i made videos that were aged up like if you look at my youtube analytics right now is i have seven percent in the 13 to 17, like no DGens, none. I got no DGens and teenagers. I only have people my age or older. It's like 60% people who are 10 years older than me. And that's because I focus on that kind of content. And that those are the people who are watching my stuff. And I think for that, um, because I intentionally made content like that, it's not surprising to me that I was able to get the kind of opportunities that I got. Um, and, you know, maybe the other YouTubers made more money, um, but I, they had a different audience. So it's like, it depends what you were looking for. Like I was looking for brands. I wanted to connect with certain people in the space a lot of whom I have connected with, um, who are big, big time players. And I was like, look, there's no way they're going to follow me. There's just no way. They're not going to see my content and be thrilled. They're going to be like, this is some nerd and influencer NFT person with stupid sunglasses trying to scam me. And I was like, how could I not be that? Um, and by switching up the content and being intentional with it, now I track the exact kind of person I want. And by the time they found me, they already kind of know what I'm about. And so we already have something to talk about. And yeah, dude, every single opportunity comes from that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's how you, that's even like how I reached out to you and everything, just because I saw you like personally, on like my personal page and stuff. And I was like, from your videos and how personal you made them. It's just like you said, like, I felt like I already knew you. And I got to jump that. And so like, that's what we're even talking about right now. Like I was even referencing like, you know, your journey and everything. And I've seen like how, how you switch things up and people I feel like that found themselves here, have switched up or had something that has happened, that this is like re- re-implementing like the joy and um you know and I see it within you and I see it like that's how I see it within myself too and I see I reflect a lot with your story so it's like it's 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 crazy um how I guess like how small this world could be really and how how really like if you reach out and you want to be a good person you want to be friends with somebody like (laughs) in this space at least like it's so easy to be friends with people and it's so easy to reach out um that you just literally just need to take the leap and I think that's the biggest thing for, for people to, to not do, um, like, yeah. like, yeah, like in the beginning, hundred <laughs> percent dude. Plus like you're, you're one video away from someone understanding you, you know, like sometimes you don't need every bit of context on someone to know if you like them as a person or as a human being, you can get a read on people or at least I don't know, people I know and, and myself, I, I can get a read on someone somewhat early, like ish. Uh, I'm sure I've been wrong before, but you're one video away from someone that sort of knew you um to them watching that video and being like wow i have this whole new like view of this person and now i've i consume their content in a totally different you know context now because i didn't know this about this person like i was just hanging out with someone last night and um we had a couple conversations in there where we realized we were way more similar than we than we thought previously because of some experiences in the past and struggles and things like that and now we're I would say probably like 70% closer as like human beings, you know, because of those shared experiences that we didn't know we had. And now I see the dude as like a, a real friend. I mean, I just, I always saw him as a friend, but it's like way deeper now. 
Um, and also, I was just going to leave this is because I don't want to forget to say this um, on spaces just to bring a little bit of like Twitter spaces alpha that I've picked up on. I'm sure everyone has been in spaces a lot. So this is something that I've noticed um, from some of the top people. If you can use emojis while you talk like this, it's so I, I don't know. I don't know. This is not confirmed. nor not, like, I don't know. This is like research on this or anything. But like when I'm watching people on spaces and they're talking and they're actively using these little stupid emojis while they're talking to help the story along and to illustrate how they're feeling while they're talking about something um, or maybe even not come off like an asshole when they're saying something more stern. It really helps. Like I, I, I observed Frank Dikas doing it a lot and I noticed not that many people use it and it's really fucking effective. And I, if I'm streaming on YouTube, um, if you're watching the YouTube stream, you'll see my hand. I'm, I'm literally engaging with the Twitter space emoji the entire time on my YouTube space to the point where it's probably annoying you know, but I can't help it. Like, it's so interesting to do and watch, so I can't help it. And then also, this is something I've been doing, and I've, and I've, I don't know if people do this because there's no way to know, but you can send people that you follow hearts and emojis directly to them in spaces. Like, right now, I'm going to send a heart to Evergreen. I see you in here. I'm going to send a heart to Matt. But no one can see it, at least I don't think. Um, but they get it. They get, like, a little heart. Note, like, I'm going to send it to you right now. Um, and that's cool because it's like, hey, I see you in here. I appreciate you. Maybe I can't say something on spaces, but, like, I recognize that you're here. That's a great feeling. You know, if that happened to me and I was following someone and, my, and you know, NFT Nate's up there on stage talking about something and then I just get a heart out of nowhere like, hey, I see you. Thanks for being here. That's a big W. And those things go really, really far. Yeah, I, I notice that, too, sometimes when I'm in spaces that, and I and I I do it, too, because it's like the same thing. Like it kind of just keeps you engaged. It kind of just keeps you like going and seeing how people are feeling. And a lot of people do like doing the emojis on here. Um, and so that's why, at least like when, when we're in spaces, at least the spaces that, and this is only my second space, so I don't really have like too much data to back it up. But from what I've seen, like the community is just so great that we've had that that's come in that everyone just kind of, you know, reciprocates that love and stuff. And it does, it makes you feel, especially like when it was my first time, um, I was just more nervous, but not, not really nervous, but it was more, I was, uh, just, I guess, nervous, anxious, whatever you wanted to call it. It's more of the fact that I didn't know if anybody was going to show up. And then it's also like, who cares if anybody shows up? Like, I'm going to spill my spiel. I'm going to show people what I can. And it, it's small enough anyways where, you know, it may not matter tomorrow. It may completely, like, the sentiment can change the next day after that or in a couple hours, you know? And so it's like, you got to say what you got to say now and then you just got to ride with it. And then, like, whatever, whoever can take from it, like, someone can take some value from it some way. And so I think that's, uh, and, and if you're writing it and you're doing it, and if you're a person that's going to start doing the spaces and, you know, you see those, you know, affirmations that you're doing okay, that you're, it, it seems like it's affirmation, like that it's, it's actually valuable to people. And I think that that's kind of good too. And it kind of keeps that momentum going where it's like, all right, now I'm, I feel hyped up and now I, now I can keep going and I can go into more detail about this because people are like in real time telling me, okay, yeah, like I, I mess with what you're saying. And, uh. Yeah, like I totally, I completely agree. Have you ever been in a space where you know where you where you weren't sure how it was going and you were nervous and you needed like a little bit? And like, how did you bounce back from that? Oh, dude, I, there's been so many times where I've said something and been like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, look, there's literally nothing you can do. You're just like, especially if you're live, man. Like I've I've gotten used to live streams. I started doing live streams um, in twenty uh, early 2021 because the bull run and I didn't have time to edit everything. So I was just like, fuck it, I'm going live for like whatever was going on. And those are so much fun. Like I love live streams. I'm so glad I decided to jump into spaces. Uh, for so long, I denied them because I was like, no, I'm a YouTuber. Like I'm not going to do spaces. I'm not going to jump on this new meta just because everybody's doing it. 
And then I was like, you know what, actually, this is really fun. And I love engaging with people, especially with discussions and like being able to have speakers up and stuff. You can't do that on YouTube. So I love that part of it. Um, and when, when that kind of thing goes wrong or something gets awkward, I, I just can ramble sometimes. I'm sure I've done it here every single time I've spoken. I've rambled too long, but it's just something that I've been able to do. So I really can't speak for someone who can't ramble like I do. I just, when I get nervous, I ramble. So sometimes I will ramble too much and I'm trying to work on it. Like someone told me once they're like, no, I'm, I'm more about like statements. I say something and I just say, it. I say like six words and I'm done for me. I can't get to conclusions until I've worked through my head a little bit. So when I'm, when I'm talking out loud, like I'm doing literally right now, I'm like waiting for a conclusion to come up in my head so I can now say it out loud. But I was going to say this a second ago on something you said that is interesting because the whole time you're talking to me, by the way, you're sparking things in my head. And I'm saying things that I've never said before in a way I've never thought about it before. Like there's been multiple things I've said that I've never really said it that way before. And it came from something you said. Um, one of these things being like uh, embarrassed to post something or like what are people going to think about this? There's nothing more embarrassing than telling someone after you told them that you're going to do something that you gave up. Like it's, it's not that embarrassing. But when I hear someone tell me they were going to do something and they were all in and they convinced me that they were in. And then three months later, I check in on them and they literally just gave up and they're doing something else. It'll tell you more about them than or it'll tell you more about yourself, I guess, if you're the one giving up. But that's the real embarrassing thing is like when you have to tell your people they're like, oh, yeah, that thing. I um, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't really know. Like that that kind of if you build that up too much and you keep giving and like, those kind of things really hurt. But you getting a video out and not getting two views or not getting more than two views. That is so irrelevant. It's hilarious. Like if you roll back on my TikTok. Every 12th video, there's a video that got three views. Like, it's just how the game works, you know? And if, you put, if you're only putting out three videos a week and one of them does bad, yeah, of course your morale is going to be down and you're going to be judging every video. But if you start putting out a little bit more content, you know, maybe you post three really meaningful bits of content because that's all you have time for. And then you post three more videos a week, but they're just you talking to the camera. It just, it alleviates the pressure and it helps you make better content and not think about it more. But I just don't think that there's any more pain, um from posting a silly video than like actually just telling people you just gave up because you literally were scared to post a video that nobody cares about anyway. It's like seven people are going to see it. And the rest of entire humanity is like, ah, whatever, you know? So. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And that's why it's kind of weird where I'm like, why don't I just put up a video? Like, even if it was the, you know, the kind of the self doubt where it was like, okay, I don't have all my buddies to kind of rile me up and then keep going and we can like bounce off each other and mediate. Cause it was like, I'm not afraid you know, and I'm sure you aren't either to make fun of yourself or to I, like when I stumble and when I stutter or I say a word that isn't like what I wanted to say, I just I like to laugh at myself. And I think that that's another thing that people, at least if they're going to get into the the space or the, the content setting of it, you got to be comfortable with making mistakes, making, you know, um, how do you say it? Like just thinking things on the go and uh and just kind of like all right if things don't go one way then you got to just keep going and, and spew it out another way or if it doesn't come to you right away then you got to find a loophole around it just to get to the main point and i think that's kind of like what you were saying before too where we kind of need to ramble a little bit to collectively like say our thoughts because it's just so everything's just kind of firing at like a super hard setting and sometimes and which is good like you need that you need that if you want to be in this space like or especially if you want to do content because you want to be talking to people you want to be saying things you want things to flow out um smoothly but then you also got to be comfortable with like knowing that things aren't always going to go your way or things aren't always going to be as planned it's good to have a plan it's good to have like structure but then it's not always going to work that way 
Um, and you need to be comfortable with like, okay, I understand that I'm going to do this space is going to happen today. I don't know which way it's going to go. I could say something that is going to mess everything up or it's going to redirect it in a certain way. But if it does, you just got to ride that wave and just see where it goes and where it leads you. Um, because I think when people start to really think about it and really let it get to them, then they start overthinking and then they start thinking about every word that's going to come out of their mouth. And then it just kind of just snowballs into really a ramble about nothing. Um, yeah, and for and for people who want to make NFT content too, there's a way, there's a hack to get around this that I've I've noticed very, very, very recently, like in the last three weeks. So when I post Twitter content now, um, there are some times where I film a video that is so specifically, it's so niche that it's like only a, a fraction of my audience is going to even give a single shit about it. Like I made a video that was breaking down a kid called Beast Mint that just happened. Like there is such a small crowd of people who are going to see that. But also the preparation that goes for a video like that and like the whole process of that is is is, is also a fraction of the work that I normally put in. Like when I prepare for a, a big video that I'm like excited about or like I'm going to explain this big concept or something like that's dope to do. But then when I film a video that's so niche, that's a, that's a really good hack for people who don't know how to get started or they're not confident in their content creative abilities. They don't want to talk about themselves. They don't know what to talk about. So it's like, okay, perfect. That's fine. That's where pretty much everyone, every, a lot of people start there. I, I, for some reason, wanted to share about myself in the beginning and I've, I've switched over to sharing less about myself and more about the content and like the info that I'm sharing. But if you're a content creator and you're scared to make content, just take yourself out of the picture and be like, okay, anyone can make this content. I'm just going to be the person, the human being who stands there and talks, but like, I'm going to talk about something specific. So just break down, I don't know, fucking Elrond or something. Just be like, okay, Elrond blockchain. I'm talking about this, you know, Solana, I'm going to make a video on this or one specific project on Solana. So you make a four minute video because there's nothing else necessary other than four minutes. And you just talk about this one thing and you have three bullet points and you just nail all three bullet points. You say your little spiel on each one, you turn off the camera, you cut up the, you cut up the dead parts, you put a little intro in there or something, pay someone $10 on Fiverr to do it. Fiverr is a fucking amazing place, by the way, there are some unbelievably talented people on Fiverr and they're, they should probably be charging more, but since they're not, you know, utilize Fiverr in my opinion. And so Fiverr's great. You can get an intro made. You can get a, a PFP made. You can get whatever you want made. And for those kind of people who, who are struggling to make content, there are ways to make it easier on your, on yourself. Obviously starting, it will always be number one, but you can make easy content in the beginning and just get a flow. But I do also think that if you're going to be successful in fucking anything, content, you know, definitely content is included in that. You really do have to commit and you really do have to roll dice on yourself. Doesn't mean you have to buy a $7,000 setup. But you do need to mentally commit or somehow commit and be like, no, this is happening. And I believe in myself, even though I don't really believe in myself. I'm just going to say that until uh, at what point I'm just like, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can you can make it easier on yourself by focusing on specific content. And you might even you might even surprise yourself. You might make a video on an X NFT project, some NFT project. And then that project reaches out and gives you an opportunity. That's how I got into the space. Uh, that's my first employment in the space came from a YouTube video. Um, I was nitpicking at a project. Didn't think anything of it. They literally reached out the next day and said, you want to join our team as an analyst? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know why I did a crying emoji. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Within one week, I was employed. And within two weeks, I had quit my job. And I was like, fuck it. Web3, baby. And I just jumped in. Have not looked back since. I'm really glad that you said the like, just talking about, you know, hit your three points. And then you just, you know, make the video, close it. And then, you know, we work it and you can edit it later. Cause that was actually another thing that I was going to say of, uh, do you ever find yourself like just being stuck and, you know, you make the script, you make your plan and then you're, you're struggling to kind of fill in those spaces or how to, you know, direct stuff. Cause I was even thinking about like, okay, there's two ways to go about it. You can write a script, you can 
write all your ideas and then you can make the video based on like what your script says or um, like we said, like we're talking to the wall and then just start recording yourself talking to the wall and then you replay it and then you, you know, you're like, okay, that's one point. That's another point. Ah, I don't want to really want to say that. I'll keep, I'll, I'll leave that out and then I'll keep this. And then you kind of structure off the thing, like what, what you rambled on. Like, how would you, what do you think is a better tactic from that? So it, it depends on the video a little bit, how much you already have previous information on it. If you don't know anything about it and you're doing like a review, I still think you should run over the video. Like every now and then I'll record a video and my camera will like not be working or something. And I'll, I'll come to the very end and be like, oh, great. I have to re-record it. Fabulous. But like halfway through the re-recording, I'm always like, man, thank God I re-recorded that. Like I fucked that first one up anyway. Like this is so much better. Um, and so for myself, I think, uh, so I see Meta Matt in here. You guys can recognize him. He's a pink profile picture with MM and, uh, he's got, a, I forget what NFT that is, but Meta Matt is a fucking goaded content creator. He's a beast. He's, he's re- especially on TikTok. He's a fucking monster. So, uh, definitely follow him for social media advice and things like that. But he's also a good friend. And, um, where the fuck was I going with that dude? Where, literally, where was I even going with that? We were talking about a structure of like videos. Oh, right, and right, right, right. Stuff. So he, <laughs> so he's, he's a, he's a big, he like does scripts and stuff. He has like scripts and things, right? He has like a professional way of doing things. He like knows what he's going to say before he gets there. I'm opposite. I have a broad understanding of what I'm kind of talking about. And I kind of just go from there. And I'm like, I have an idea of what I'm going to say. Like I have a lot of tabs open usually. And I'm like, okay, here's my general idea of what I'm probably going to say when I get to this page. And I'd usually roll through them like that. Um, but if it's a video on something that I'm not going to be using like the internet for, and I'm not going to be like pulling up visuals and I'm just talking about concepts or something, then I'll usually come up with some bullet points and I'll maybe have just have keywords in there. But I, I've consumed such an exorbitant amount of content because I just, I love everything about content, including consuming content. And I've just seen so much that I'm, I feel like I'm just able to talk. Um, but the times that I have scripted and I have uh, sat down and like, really thought about what I was going to say, those videos are always, every single time, good. Every time, because you've, you intentionally set aside focus time to like prepare for that video. They're always better than the ones that I don't almost every time. And that's one of the things that like, I have to decide if that's, if that's fine. And if I want to script every video, or does that take away from my ability to make more content? Does that make me not as excited to make it? Then that might be something that I just don't do for that one reason. Um, and I do both, you know, I think it, for me, it just depends on the kind of video. Um, but I think if you don't, if you don't know what you're talking about, then you need to spend the first portion understanding what it is, getting a broad base first. Um, and then in my opinion, you just niche down. I know a lot of people say you should start broad, um, and you can niche down later kind of thing. Some people say you should niche down first, go broader out later. It, that is very dependent on like how much, you know, on, on the subjects and like how much interest there is on the subjects. If there's opportunities there on the subjects, I have no problem making content for an audience of 10,000 total. Uh, by the way, 10,000 being like the max could ever see it, even though I've seen P.O. on the NMT show, who's also a super big content creator. Um, he says the opposite. He's like, no, you definitely should not be making content for an audience of only 10,000 total. You should be making content for an audience of a million. And it's like, yeah, maybe like depends on what you're trying to get out of it, though. Like if you're trying to get a job in Web3, you should not be making content for onboarding people into Web3. You should be making pe- content for people already in Web3 who want to you know, hear about whatever you're talking about. And so it's all contextual and it all matters. Um, that's why I'm such a big proponent of just like make a bunch of content where you built a brand and people are like, okay, that's, that's Kate. Kate does this kind of stuff. He talks about this kind of thing. He's about this kind of thing. Uh, if we have conversation, if we have, you know, if we need help with this, we should probably talk to him. You can get to that point after just a few months of making content, like very, very quickly. I mean, I think within like two months of me doing the reviews, 
I was labeled as the guy who does brilliant honest reviews and I was getting, you know, three to five projects pitched to me a day. It was disgusting. It was, it was ridiculous in the bull run. Um, but it was because I built that brand up over posting like 35 reviews in 35 days kind of thing. So where do you get your, like, uh, your kind of creative flow coming from? Um, my creative flow. I think a lot of my, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my personality in content, I think comes from a broad base of watching a lot of YouTubers like Peter McKinnon. I watched Logan Paul, uh, after like when he had kind of had like his resurgence after his Tokyo incident and he was kind of like picking himself back up his revival journey or whatever that was called. Like, I love that whole story. I love a little redemption arc, some drama in my life. I don't mind it. So I was watching him. I was watching Peter McKinnon. I was really just observing people who were confident in front of the camera. And I was seeing people uh, like, who else, who else, um, like just certain crypto YouTubers. And um, I would just watch these people that I really enjoyed. And I would get it brought Gary Vee, Tom Bilyeu, those kind of people who were motivational, telling me, like, get off my ass, get off my ass. Like, Tom Bilyeu and Gary Vee were the reason I finally made content. Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm fine, bro. How about you? Wait, hold on. I couldn't hear you. It, bro- it broke up for a second. I said, how about you, bro? Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Okay, bro. I'm AY from Nigeria. What's up, fam? What's up? How you doing? I'm cool. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Uh, Kate, you Kate by name, right? Yes. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I love the name. Mm. Do you have a question by chance? No, I'm listening to your space, but I'd be happy to be part of your community, guys. Okay, yeah. Glad you're here. Glad you're a part of the conversation, man. Glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you coming up. 100%. And, if I, and if I have any more things to share, I will talk to you guys. I'm seeing in here, though. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! And I was gonna—I was also um, gonna mention when you're when you're watching people like Tom Bilyeu, you're watching people like Gary Vee who are helping mold your personality and um, you know, be like, "Yo, get off your ass and do things." You know, get off your ass and do something, film something. After you hear that a certain amount of times, you it starts to you know enter your subconscious in a way. Like if you watch someone a long time, you're just gonna naturally start thinking about it more. Like for some reason, I told you all the "Get Ready with Me" videos are blowing up. There's a lot of moms right now who are blown up. So all I'm thinking about are families and shit, dude. Like, I'm, I'm a fucking lonely 24-year-old. I'm seeing all this family content and making me sad and stuff like that. So anyways, like, that's it. But it's starting to affect my subconscious, right? Like, I'm starting to think about it on the daily. Like, when I'm walking to the gym, I'm like, oh, man. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, if you're watching me like Gary Vee, it really helps. And so I think I, got my, I, was, I was glad that of all people to let influence me, Gary Vee and Tom Billy were up there. Um, and I wanted to be a content creator like that. I wanted to have a brand that was similar to that. So I built my audience and brand in a way where I was like, this is like a Tom Bilyeu person who also, like someone who follows Tom Bilyeu would also probably follow me because we believe in the same kind of things. Like I remember there are things that Tom Bilyeu would say while he's on these rambles, which is one of the reasons I'm okay with rambling because he'll say something in the middle of the ramble that'll change my life on something. And he was one of the reasons I, I got in. He was one of the reasons I was able to make content because he would say things that he's a, I mean, he's a fucking billionaire and he's also a very normal, like down to earth dude. So he would break things down in a very normal way to hear about it. And he would have these realizations about life or philosophy or something that I had. And I was like, no, whoa, like I didn't know you thought about things like that. And then he would break my belief by saying something right after that that I did not believe in. And he'd be like, no, this is actually not true. It's this. And I was like, oh, shit. And so those kind of things really, really help. 
if you're in a rut as well, find some new content creators, follow someone that uh, makes similar content to someone you're already watching, maybe see if they inspire something like that. Um, I think there's a variety of ways, but it's, it's pretty much just the, the joy just journey. You know, you just adjust, you figure out what's not working. You see if it's maybe just time, maybe you need a couple days off or something and then something comes to you. Um, and then maybe you ask yourself, yo, do I like this shit? Or am I just be, if I'm, am I just here to get something from it? You know, like it's, it's really hard to push in content specifically. If you don't like making content, if you don't like making content, you're in for a fucking rough ride because it is so much work. It is crazy how much work that goes into content, especially if you don't have a team. It is, you will give up. You will give up unless you really like it. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, um, I was going to say, I totally lost my train of thought, but I, I'm try, I'll try to bring it back in. Um, oh, especially like about podcasts. I think that's what I really like. I love listening to podcasts as well. Like I listen to Logan Paul, I listen to um, like Nook Boys, I listen to, you know, all the other, all those, all the spans because they all have, not just because they all have like different guests and everything like that too, but then you get to like kind of adapt like, okay, this is how they speak. This is how they kind of redirect some ideas. This is how they get people to open up and you know, especially me, like I love, I love doing this because I get to hear about people's stories. I get to learn about people. I get to learn about people more in the space that are involved, that are genuine, that are like contributing back to it. And so, you know, you got, you want to find those people. You want to learn about those people because like, I want to talk to you because I want to learn more about you, you know, and talk to you like personally, because all I've seen is like stuff on, on social media. And it's like, man, like it's enough for me. It's just like, I, you're really cool. Like I want to, I want to get to know you. Like I'd, I'd be friends with you like real life. Like I would love to meet you one day and stuff. And it's like, okay, like I want to get connected to those people and I want to keep them close to like find those people and, and build that community, you know? And it's like, okay, like, Oh, this is, this is my people. These are the, my, my family that we're like growing together. And then we're just going to embark on this journey. And um, that's why I love like doing, you know, that's why I want to do content too, because I want to reach those people. I want to, if they do have any questions, then I'll answer those questions. If they have any stories that they like to share, I want to hear about their journey. I want to hear about like how they became where they're at and like built themselves to this person. Um, and it's really powerful. Like it's a really powerful thing to do. And then you know, like you said, like especially when I when um, right now I'm, I'm visiting in Phoenix, but when I was in Seattle and I, I lived in Seattle, um, I'm like I said, I'm originally from Chicago, so all my friends and family are over there. And it was like, okay, you feel a little bit of sense of loneliness when you're there and you're in a new city and you don't have anybody there. And it's like, okay, who do I have? Especially with like the time zone differences and stuff, I like can kind of go in the way. It's like, okay, what what can I do? What can I? How can I connect with somebody? How can I still feel like you know I'm a part of society or have somebody there? And I think like podcasts and stuff have really helped, um, just kind of like bridge that gap or kind of like time those things where it's like, okay, I still I still feel like I'm having conversation. I feel a joy. Uh, within myself and to reach to other people because it's different conversations every time and it's okay that, that's motivating they're talking to people every uh, different people every time I can talk to different people every time I can build new people over here even though I know I have my root people back home but it's like it kind of gives you that that little bit of a pick-me-up where it's like, okay like they're doing it they're killing it they're they're out here talking to people and they're spreading joy and they're spreading good like good messages and that's all I want to do too so it's like, okay again like motivation to keep doing that and it's been a uh, it's been, it, it, it takes adjustment to do it. And I'm sure that you feel it too, where it takes a little bit of adjustment where you need to find those ground and you want to feel like, because you do feel like an outsider um, when you're in a new setting and then you start to hear all, like just, just the noise around you. And especially like in Seattle, when they say like the Seattle freeze and stuff, like I didn't know what that term was until people told me a year and a half later. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Like 
I didn't really recognize it. I didn't really pin it that that was what it was. I just thought that people were just more to themselves or they didn't really, you know, they were on their own mission. And I respect that too. You know, like I respect that people go on their own mission. They're there to drive, um, to, to make whatever happens. But I'm also like, you know, I'm from a place that has like many neighborhoods and no, no matter what, like you stop and take that time and you, you reach out and you hear about, you could be on a, I remember being like always earbuds in doing my thing. But then I always like, if I'm in a counter or something, I take my earbuds down. I'm like, Hey, how you doing today? Hey, how you doing? Uh, just, just to get that connection, like that, that connectivity with people and just like make them feel like, okay, like they're doing their job and stuff, but they're still people. And they're still, there's regardless, like if they weren't here right now, that they're not helping you, they're helping you like create a goal. They're helping you throughout your day. And, um, you know, and, and it's just like the little, it starts to snowball into like a bigger effect. And I always tell people like, I appreciate them um, just for whatever. And I like just yesterday, like I, I saw a UPS driver and I was like, oh, thank you. I met him outside and I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate you. And he's like, oh, thank you for saying that. And I was like, of course, like I do. And I remember having like other altercations like that in like the airport and just telling somebody, I was like, hey, how are you doing today, sir? And he's like, I'm doing good. And then he like, as I was walking away, he grabbed my arm and he was like, you're the first person that asked me like how I'm doing today. And I was like, oh, well, I hope you have like a good day. Like you deserve to, you know, be appreciated, even though you're just here, even though you're just a body, like you're, you're not just a body, you're like, you know, you're, you're a part of this whole ecosystem of people. And I think that that's been like a lot of the, the trouble of people trying to find their space and trying to find their community that people feel that they have, you know, a certain type of way that they don't connect. And I think uh, at least with this, at least with us, if we make content like you, you're making content and it makes it easier for people to do that. You, like you said, like I keep referring back to because it it's so true that you just skip like the 32 levels of friendship because you already set that boundary. You're not afraid to be vulnerable or to tell your story. Um, and it's and it's powerful and if people can reflect to that and it can connect to it then it just makes them feel okay I'm not the only one and there's other things to go out here so it's it's very powerful um hell yeah man I, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you shared that because a lot of people don't do that sometimes I, I try my best as well to like interact and, and engage with people in real in real life sometimes I do be having my headphones in but yeah whenever I order food obviously I take them out um, sometimes I'm like if I'm high or something like I'm not trying to like talk to people in public but that do be happening sometimes I'm not gonna lie uh, but no, shout out to you, <laughs> to you for doing that. Uh, but as far as like moving into a new place, and, like meeting people, the ability to slow down and not rush into it. Like when I, um, like I started working at this uh, restaurant twice a week just so I can meet more people, uh, but also make money at the same time. Like I love the restaurant industry; it's my favorite. I love going in there um, because I'm not in my apartment. I'm like out there with amongst people and talking shit and like talk, there's drama and like something happens. Like I, I love, I live for it. But my ability to slow down and not rush into a new place and like try and befriend everyone and be like a people pleaser, that comes from because I had like a six month journey on my own. Like I literally lived in a car the size of like two of me um, for like six months. And like I didn't talk to anyone in that time period. And when I got to the city, I did the same thing for the first few months. I didn't talk to anyone because I wanted to be like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm down to talk to people when I'm, when I'm ready for that. But for now, like I need to be good. And I... And I've seen these TikToks of people when they move somewhere and they're because they're lonely, they hate their experience the whole time, which I get. But if you if you didn't hate being alone, then that experience wouldn't have sucked. And so in my head, I'm like, well, just like embrace the idea that like, yo, for this little small phase of my life, you know, if you zoom out long enough, this is such a small period of time. It's a joke. It's literally a joke. How small of a time this is just a few months. Like, can you get through these few months? Like, that's the problem is like those few months are also 24 hour days each one of those days so it can so it can also be a long time but if you can have some of those north stars like when i got into content i wanted to i had this written down as one of my manifestations i want to meet 
Peter McKinnon, who's a photographer at the time, and that's what I was watching. I want to meet him and talk to him as an equal. I had no desire to go to a meetup and talk to him and get a picture with him. I was like, I want to meet him as an equal. How the fuck am I going to do that? And I was like, well, I either got to do something. And it's funny you brought up Impulsive. Like, that was one of the reasons I started the podcast, too. I was like, how am I going to get on that show as a guest? And there's no way they're going to invite me unless I do something fucking wild. So I was like, I got to make a story here. I got to do something. Basically, I need to take a fucking risk. So I got to take a risk that might not go well for me. And so I was like, let me get in this car with not a lot of money and just see what happens. And it's been lit, dude. And then also, uh, yeah, actually, never mind. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I was, uh, I was going to say, do you think, like, what stopped you, too, from, like, when you were, you know, when you, you said you, you came and for the first couple of months you were still living in your car and you were just kind of like, you know, you're good. Do you think it was also kind of like a, a self thing where it's like, oh, I need to, like, now I'm here, like, I need to prove something? whether it's like to yourself or to somebody or anything like do you think that was like a little bit that was kind of keeping you in that drive where it's like okay I got to keep my head down because I got to do I have to prove something first before I start like doing or rewarding myself or anything like that no I I knew it wasn't so much about rewarding I just uh I didn't want to talk to people because I I just felt like I was so busy I mean this is more specific to my situation I was just always behind on content so I had like an excuse to not talk to anyone and I didn't mind like the thing is for me like I don't mind being alone. Like when someone talks about like being bedridden for six months, I'm like, fam, that sounds like fucking heaven to me. I'm so down to do nothing for six months. Like y'all don't realize I'm so down for that. It's, it's hilarious. Like when I tore my ACL twice, I had two different uh, ACL reconstructive surgeries on my knees. And both times I was bedridden for like a month or two at the beginning. And I can't even tell you how much I love that shit. That was the best. My dad's like, yo, can I get you chips or like ice cream or something? I'm like, yeah. And like back when I was uh, living at their house and I loved it. Um, that was just me. I was also living at my parents' house. So I didn't have to like live on my own. That would have sucked being on my own. Um, but because I, I don't mind being alone, it was not a problem. Like it wasn't like a big deal for me not to meet anyone. Like I didn't care. I'd ar- I've already been alone for six months. So when I moved back home with my parents for a year in Colorado, um, just to get YouTube off the ground, um, I didn't talk to anyone there either. I talked to my parents, but if I wasn't at my parents' house filming or editing or sleeping, I was at the gym. And I would come back to edit because like at that period, that's all the time I had. It was the bull run of 2021. Like, I don't have time for people right now. Like, that was the phase of my life that I don't think if I if I think I think if I changed it, I would not have been able to accomplish anything remotely close to what I was able to accomplish in that first year. Um, And I'm okay with seasons like that. Like, I'm okay with seasons of being alone. I'm okay with seasons of taking L's. I'm okay with seasons of taking W's. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with like whatever that is and whatever phase that is. And I think that radical acceptance is helpful. And that's hard to do, by the way, like that comes and goes, you know, like that kind of mindset does not always aid me. Sometimes I really be feeling like shit. Um, but I think when you felt like shit enough times, when you've been broke before, when you had nothing, you've gotten your heart ripped out of your fucking soul by that one girl you thought you're going to marry, like those things add up. And then you get to choose if you're going to be a cold hearted son of a bitch and be a terrible person or if you're going to be a cold, hard son of a bitch and take over the fucking world, bro. Like you got two choices. Like those are the only two choices you get to Like get on the horse and go or get on the horse and go into a cave on your own and be a piece of shit. Like those really are your only two options. I feel like um, when I say that, um, I feel like maybe I'm more talking about men here because I'm, I'm a guy and I don't have the experience of, of, of not a guy. And I feel like a lot of guys have that inner, inner, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's testosterone or what it is, but it's like a, I don't know if it's a dude thing. Like maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's only because I'm a guy and that's the only experience I have. But I feel like with guys, we have this inner flame to do something. And I don't know what that is, but it lights a fire on your ass. And I think if you can use that to do something you really want to do, 
Um, you, you really can change the world. You know, you really can. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's uh, it's more like a – I do – I understand because, yeah, like I understand I have that same kind of thing and I'm a guy so I can't like speak like, oh, I, I definitely reflect to it. But it's like, yeah, I think it's more – it just determines of like how passionate are you and it determines like you know because the world is going to be shitty and the, the world and it's also just also like it's passion and it's self-awareness I think because if you're self-aware and you know and you recognize that okay this is the things that I have that are wrong and these are the things that I'm struggling with but I'm not gonna let it define me you know the waves come and go it's gonna it's always gonna be a wave down I understand like I'm on the wave down right now I'm getting crumbled down by like this huge wave but you have to understand because you are self-aware that like, okay, but you know, because of the cycle that a wave is going to come again. And with your self-awareness, you get to decide like when that next wave comes down, how am I going to, now I can, if I'm aware and if I'm able to control a little bit of it, I can at least control where I'm going to take that wave to. And then when it does come down, I know at least then like, this is the impact that I'm going to have with it, or this is the ride that the journey that I'm going to have when that next wave comes down. And then with that self-awareness and with that self-strength, then you can go ahead and redirect it and pick yourself back up and then drive yourself back up with your passion. Um, and I, yeah, like I felt that too. Like you just got to unlock, literally unlock the forbidden pre in the best way for the best, for the best use case, you know? Um, and I've been on that for, <laughs> forbidden pre way for a while because it's like, you just got to go ahead and do it and you got to prove, not even like it's like again like back like it's not even to anybody else but it's just like to i want to say it to like my younger self mostly it's like you know i gotta unlock it for them for that person that that dreamer that that's always like okay this is where i want to go this is what i want to do but it's always like people in the narrative that are just pushing you down and it's like no i'm self-aware where i'm not letting that noise like conquer me i'm gonna help, go ahead and use it and then write my own path and do it and if they don't understand it then that's fine because they'll understand it later on and I'm sure like that's how you felt when you started your journey. Like they're not going to understand it, but fine. They'll understand it once and you, they'll look back and they'll be like, why did I ever question him? And you're going to look back and you'll be like, why did I ever question myself? Like you're like, no, like, I, I, I believe in myself. Like this doesn't surprise me. And that's when people say like stuff too with like crypto and stuff. It's like, oh, you're, you're a millionaire now this, like you got lucky. And it's like, no, like we put in that work. We put in that effort. We, we kill ourselves with these hours trying to understand everything. And then we go ahead and make it a reality. Dude, and people just fail to do that. 100% plus dude like if you think about this if you think about someone like a Gary V figure and I only keep referencing these certain people because they're well known in web 3 uh, I wanted to make sense for people who are listening like Gary V is a person he's got such a, a a bright visual of what he wants to attack and he's so good at, at explaining that that vision for other people to jump on board with at the end of his life he's a he's not going to give a shit if you care about him or if you don't like him or whatever but also at the end of the day, when he does or doesn't buy the Jets and he, when he does or doesn't build the friends to be the biggest brand ever, no one will care. Not, not, even, not even a fraction of the amount that Gary Vee will care. He is the only person on, on earth who's going to care enough to A, make that happen, but B, even be able to understand how much it means for him. I, even when he does it, I believe he will, I will be happy for him. But at the same time, like, I don't care. Like, and that's everyone on earth, by the way. Like, I'm rooting for Matt and like, he's rooting for me and I'm, I'm rooting for Magic. I'm rooting for Evergreen. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for everyone, everyone that I love, everyone I look up to, I'm rooting for everyone. But at the same time, as a human, you only have your own experience. So at the same time, you're pretty much just rooting for yourself. So when you have your own dream and you're worried other people aren't going to, they're not going to you know, understand or they're not going to even care or they're going to make fun of me. It's like, bro, they care so little. It's a joke. They care so little that like you couldn't name right now what 10 of your other content creator friends, what their last video was. 
or probably what their direction they're headed to or probably what else they want to do besides content or where they were born. Like, you don't know any of these things. I don't even know these things about my sister. Like, we literally just don't have the time and the, the mental energy to be able to focus so much on someone else. So if you know that in your head and you know every person who watches your video and you get a hate comment, you know that they already forgot by the time they've moved on to the next video and they scrolled up past your TikTok, they already couldn't tell you what they told you because they don't care. So it's one of those things like you, you have no choice but to be the one that pushes forward as the pioneer and the leader and the explorer, the joyager, if you will. If you want to be the joyager, you have to because no one else is going to care, dude. When I tell Tom Bill you one day on my podcast and I'm like, yo, I've been trying to get you on. Like, I've been so excited to talk to you, like, whatever, all these things. When I tell him my story, he's just going to be like, wow, man, like, that's so cool to hear. Like, really happy for you. But then, like, he's going to go home and he's going to go back to his wife. He's going to go film another podcast and life goes on. And like, that's completely okay. Because for me, it was for me to be able to tell him that that means so much. And I'm going to take that with me to the grave. And I think that mindset is, is very healthy for content creation specifically, because if you don't have that mindset in content creation, it gets very dark and it gets very toxic. And I've definitely been there too. Yeah. Even thinking about like, just people worried about, Oh, this idea, someone already did this, someone already did this, but they got to understand like, this is like your own perspective is a whole different perspective too. Like it's, it's a whole different video too. Just like even recognizing it. Um, and one of the greatest people, like you said, Gary Vee, and I like Gary Vee too. And, and one that I like love what they're doing is Snoop Dogg and his son. Um, just cause like how, like just why that they're hitting every little cylinder and uh, it's just like their momentum is, is, is ongoing. And Snoop Dogg, like, I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know him, like everything, but he's very genuine. And, and he's especially like, you know, how, what he's doing, like with the music space and everything. And like, just what, like how he wants to help artists. Um, it's, it's, it's something that you haven't seen before. And it's like, it makes sense. And it's like, someone needs to take that leap and it could be a different narrative, but then it's like, okay, you got to do it. And uh and people will respect you for it. You know, people will love that. And they're like, okay, I, I'm glad that you're doing that. And it's, and they'll follow aboard and they'll, they'll go all in with you, you know? So I, I've loved like watching him grow and seeing all that stuff because like, it's, it, he's a good like example just for like everyone overall where it's like, oh no, I'm too old. Like to understand this. It's like, dude, like it's Snoop Dogg. It's Snoop Dogg. Like he, he has shit going on all day and he's still doing it. He's still busting his, his butt just to go ahead and do this um, to, to essentially help, what web three is supposed to do and it's supposed to like incentivize like artists and help people you know get their money and for somebody especially him like i love hearing him talk because he obviously has like his experience and stuff that he can tell you like personally he's like no like this is what's wrong with it like i've seen it and this is why i want to help it and and you know when you have that personality where it's just like people know that you're genuine like he that people ask him all the time like they say like oh aren't, aren't they mad that the the record company's mad that you know you're trying to do this he's like why for trying to help out like my friends and stuff like they can hate me if they want but like they know who i am like he said he's like i'm the most lovable pimp in america and like you gotta you gotta think of that stuff in like that mindset like yeah like just be a genuine person do good and no one's gonna really reflect it they're gonna jump on board with you because they're gonna be like damn like he's he he gets it like he gets that vision he knows what's going on and gary the same way but he's more like you know, speaking and motivational um, talking. And it's like, yeah, like they understand what needs to be said or what gets people fired up or, or the tools that need to be made to empower other people. Um, and it just, it just a snowball effect. Like, I love it. I love to see like the different variety of people. I love proving people wrong with it, but it's like, no, like anybody can do it at any time. And this is, this is how, this is example, this is exhibit A, exhibit B, and you can be exhibit C, you know? So it's like, it, it, it never, it's never ending. Never ending. And also, man, like with the amount of passion you have with that, 
even that, like, it's not going to amount anything to what Snoop believes. I mean, at least I hope he believes, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I hope that he's uh, as um, about it as you're talking. And I, I'm sure he is, but it's crazy because, like, you're never going to know, you know, which is, like, kind of what I was piggybacking off what I said before. Um, like, I'm sure he cares so much. Um, again, I hope he does. I don't know. But, like, if he does, we'll go with that. We'll just go we'll pretend he does. And he's like, yeah, yeah we'll go with it. it right? <laughs> then, like, he, you, like, even when he hears other people talk about it, He's still going to be like, yeah, but even the people who believe in me, they don't get it. Like, they don't get the real vision. And, like, that's the power of, like, when you're building your brand, um, if you're good at communicating that. Like, Luca Nets is really good at that. Frank is really good at the, the hype um, and, like, branding and things like that. Um, but if you can get people on board to your journey, like, just to bring it back for artists here who are listening, you can get people to buy your shit just for having a cool story, just for vibing out really hard. Your art doesn't even have to be that good. You know, like, I've, I've got my own NFT uh, photography pieces that have done really well in OpenSea. But I would argue that probably 75, 75% of the people who bought them don't really give a shit about the photo. Couldn't tell me if it's a good photo or a bad photo if they suck them up next to two professional photos and an amateur photo. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell. I wouldn't even be able to tell. And, like, art's completely subjective sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's not. But for, for a lot of us, you know, who aren't, like, super, like, a beeple or something, like, you have to be like, oh, is this good? Um, and it doesn't even matter sometimes, especially in NFT land. If you can build a brand, you can get people to be excited about you, where you're headed, what you want to accomplish um they want to see you fight for that and if they see you putting in work every few months they look at you three months ago and they say damn that person's been putting in work since three months ago it looks like they've accomplished some they looks like they keep growing they're learning then i can probably bet that in six months they will also be doing that and if they are then this might be something i want to buy i want to be part of this thing and they don't think about it like a monetary investment i mean most of my nfts um especially in my second collection there's only been like a, a few different flips but like almost everyone who who bought originally when it first came out has still been holding, which is so cool. Um, and it's just because I've continued for the past year and a half to like make content and it gets better every few months and I get bigger guests every few months and I've continued to accomplish. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of content creators could start a project like that just for fun, not to be like a big money grab thing, but you look at rug radio, they have got their own collection that the nifty portal has their own collection. Um, I think a lot of shows and media companies and uh, just companies in general will drop, will drop projects. And I, want it to be in a place where they drop it and only really people who are investing in their community will know about it because it'll be a token of like, yo, you're just here. There's no thing here. There's no weird PFP cult thing. It's just like, yo, you're joining this community. Dope. Awesome. Move on. You're part of it. Great. And I think those kind of communities are great. They're very healthy. Like I don't have fun in my discord every day. People ask me about floors and ask me about NFTs. They're happy to be there and they're happy to see me putting in work. Hell yeah. Do you have a special, like, uh, what do you, do you make art? Like, have you done anything? Uh, like, I know you're talking about, like, your NFTs and stuff. Like, did you have, you made a collection? Yeah, I have, yeah, I have my own two photography collections. They're on OpenSea. And then uh, if you guys want to find what those look like, they are in my bio. It's just joyskingdom.live. It'll take you to, like, a Linktree thing. Also, uh, Twitter apparently doesn't like Linktree, so I had to get this other thing and pay, like, $100 for the... Uh, for the domain of joyskingdom.live. So I got joyskingdom.live. If you could scroll to the very bottom, it should be three collections. It's Joyage prequel, which is the prequel to the Joyage. So basically the months leading up to my big trip. And then the Joyage was the, the big trip I talked about living in my car, all the travel photography that I took on there. And then I have a, a third collection. It's the Torch collection. And those those ones are more for people who just want to join my, my brand, but don't have the money to buy a photography piece because the photography pieces are very expensive. Like, I think the floor is 10 ETH on one of the projects. So the one's like a, a couple ETH or something like the, they don't really list them very often. Cause like I said, the people who, who bought them were 
buying them because they want to just hold it forever kind of thing. So most of my photography pieces are that situation. I've seen people take leaf offers and stuff, but the torch one is much smaller. Uh, it's, it's not like a, it's not my photography. It's more just like a, a brand, almost like the mutant names, I guess you, you could say, but I don't do like art like that. Like I'm not like a, I, I can't paint and things like that. That's probably why I've dated artists my whole life because they could do that thing. And I just can't do that. And it's, it's wild to me. Like I can do sports, I can do gym, I can do all the other things, but I've always like dated artists because I think it's so cool that they have like a, a craft that they're really good at and passionate about. And I think that's just like an attractive quality in a human being in general. But man, I wish I could paint. I wish I could draw and things like that, man. But I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the boat. I'm on that boat too. I'm uh, I'm not a great artist. I yeah, I I doodle and, and this and that. But I, I make some art like on Blender because it's like yeah, like it's like the easy way to cop out. Where it's like I still want to create. I still see what I could do, but I want it to look at least somewhat representable. <laughs> so I just like do a lot of stuff on Blender. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I also see uh, NFT. It is on stage. What's up? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Yeah, how are you doing? That's good. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, it's it's amazing to see all of us here today. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I don't know where everyone else is at, but I'm in Phoenix, Arizona right now, and it's a beautiful, amazing, sunny day. So, I mean... Good, good Saturday. I mean, I mean, we got we got playoff games coming out today. It feels I feel uh, pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if anybody here watches football, but I'm getting nervous for the games this weekend. I'm a Cowboys fan. Don't hate me. I'm not. I'm not picking the football. No, uh, I I need to watch more sports. I've been I've been keeping up with soccer. I think the World Cup reinvigorated my spirit in soccer. I feel like I was skipping. I was skipping highlights. I was skipping games. I didn't care about as much. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I need to, I need to be aware of what's going on in the premier league. Like this shit is, I love, I love watching sports. Uh, but anyways, I was going to, Matt, I see you in the meta, Matt, I see you in the chat. I'm going to invite you to speak. You don't have to accept it, but since we're talking about content and building brands and stuff, you're also a top player in that domain as well. So if you got, um, you probably would have some alpha. So if you want, you definitely could come up and anyone who's a content creator. I just, I just already know you. So. Yeah, I was going to say, anybody that wants to say anything or ask us any questions, feel free to raise your hand, uh, and then we'll definitely bring you up as a speaker and get you up here. Hey, he's up. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's it going, dude? Dude, I'm chilling. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm, everyone in the chat, I'm glad, I'm glad everybody's here. This is such a great time. But uh, we were you, we did talk a lot about content creation. I saw your uh, your reactions in there. Well, do you have any thoughts on like the things we talked about? Do you have anything you wanted to add? Was there any kind of like especially with the script thing. I know I was talking about the script and I, I remember you telling me, you were like, Cage, you got to get on this script writing, bro. You got to get the teleprompter. Like, this is the move. And I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, that, that really depends on what kind of content people are making. I know for, like, you do a lot of, um, I guess, like, you know, my, mine was more so news oriented, whereas, you know, yours is definitely an influencer, like, you know, content creator vibe type type uh, content. So, you know, really, it really depends on what, what the uh, creator, you know, wants to portray, I guess, you know. Yeah, and with my like, I do a ton of live streams, so I have to fill in dead space. So I think I got used to speaking really fast. Like when we, I mean, you were there at that Web three event that I spoke at. I was on stage and I'm talking like, talking as if I'm in a YouTube video, as if I'm going like a million miles per hour, and there's all these like older gentlemen and gentle ladies in the crowd. That's always my biggest problem. Is I, 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 I have people like messaging me, like you know, like the people like in my DMs, like. Why you talk so fast? Like you know, you on two times. Like uh, you know, when you do your court, your editing. I'm like, no, I just, I just, that's how I am. Sorry. <laughs> One point five speed. 
right? You know what I really think it is? I think we're all really excited for the future of just crypto and there's just so much stuff ahead of us, you know? Mike fucking drop, bro. Mike drop. Mike drop. Matt, but you're you're right, dude. Um uh, I, actually, I don't have a follow-up to that. I was just going to say you're right to that, 100%. Uh, do you have any tips for the, for, like, while we were on the, on the top of content creation? Like, I know I dropped a bunch of tips that I was thinking of on the spot. Do you have any tips that I didn't mention or something that, you know, popped up on your mind? Um, I, I just recently, just, I, honestly, just for me, it was fig- figuring out what the goal is. I know uh, it's easy to get sucked into, like, oh, like, you know, my goal is to get a lot of views. You know, I want to get views, 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 and comments and algorithm and and I, I'm starting to realize, uh, you know, because I did that with that MetaMat TV account, it didn't really get me anywhere. <laughs> like, I, I definitely got, I got more, uh, got farther as far as connections and networking, doing like content we're based more so around uh, trying to gear towards those kind of people and you know, people who are going to then, you know, call me up or try to like, you know, do like a actual business deal as opposed to just, you know, getting views and that's yeah, great and all, but like, you know, unless you're looking for like a brand deal, which are hard to come by. Uh, especially because everyone and their mother's an influencer now. Uh, I definitely think that gearing your content towards what your goal is is important. Um, because, you know, it used to just be like, oh, yeah, post like three to five times a day, and, you know, you'll go viral. And now it's more, it's, I think it's less than, I think it's, it's more than just that nowadays. Yeah, dude, that's fucking facts right there. You're not, I've, I've accepted that. I'll just, my, my expectation is that none of the content goes viral, but I try to go viral every single time. But I don't expect like any of that kind of thing, you know, when I'm going and I'm making the content. I'm just down to make, and that that, that kind of goes back to the idea of like you have to like making the videos. You have to like actually going through, and either hearing yourself speak or see, or you have to enjoy building a brand online. Because you're right, like a lot most most content is you're not going to be able to wait. You're not going to be able to monetize it. You either aren't going to hit the numbers to to qualify for advertising, um, or the kind of content you're making just isn't something that would be attractive to a, a sponsor or an ad. And that's why I was so intentional with my content. I was aware. That I was good at making content, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a uh, flashy enough to get like canceled or have like a million followers, at least for now, like in my, in my phase of my life that I'm in currently, which is phase one of YouTube um, in my head, because it's the first time I've been consistent with it and been able to build a brand where, um, you know, someone might even recognize me where like that just wasn't a thing before NFTs. Uh, but if you don't like doing that, like it's just, it's just not going to happen. And I don't know where I was going with that. There was somewhere I was going with it, and it completely left me. So I stopped in the middle of my sentence. So fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We're, we're good at improvising, but it's okay because NFTA has a question, it looks like. So what's good, my man? So I, I just have a quick question for you guys. Um, what is – how do you think – like, what do you think the best way to build a Telegram community um, – around a crypto project i'm gonna be honest i'm not too sure for telegram because i haven't i don't really mess with telegram uh i have a lot of like discord channels that i manage and discord within itself is also kind of like a hassle uh because you gotta like set all the you have to be worried about like all your users and you know i guess if it's for a project like it doesn't is it like your personal project or is it just a one that you found uh, this is one that I, I found it myself. Um, our pre-sale is on January 28th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if that is something any of you would be interested in checking out, feel free to check that out. What project is it? Um, the project, uh, I'm speaking from it right now, but it's NFT it. 
So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So if, if you guys have any questions or anything, you know, feel free or you guys can uh, continue speaking. Do you have a Discord? Uh, we have a Telegram. We recently hit over 5,000 members. However, uh, we want to grow that a little bit more and just really cultivate uh, what it means to really have a community and just we want to give back to our community. I think that's one of the best things to do in this space, too. Yeah, I think the the trouble with Telegram is because like everything is just kind of there's no categories. So everything's just kind of message. So it's hard to reference back like, you know, historical ones or like if you have certain things for uh, I think in Discord, it's easier to kind of just navigate and separate things. So like if you have announcements or you have certain um, certain things that you want to talk about, like for the specific thing, you can have it there. And it'll just be easier, I think, for people that are joining the community to go ahead and reference, you know, later posts. Uh, because Telegram is kind of tricky because then you start going on there, you start scrolling up, but then someone writes something new and it just scrolls you all the way back down. So it can kind of be a little bit tedious uh, or intimidating for newer people that kind of join in or as the numbers kind of expand, uh, just because it kind of seems a little bit like, I don't want to say spammy, but just because people start just like talking in there so much that it just, it, it drives the, the user, I think, um, more crazy and it makes it less like user friendly. And I, so I think like as, as much as a pain Discord is setting up, it is good in that essence where it helps you divide stuff and it helps you like categorize things where, where if you want to reference something, you can go ahead and do it there. Or if you have something that like, you, let's say you have a category for news specifically and you want to reference it again you can go ahead and tell people in like a different channel like hey reference this this part you can put the link or this channel and then it sends you back there. so it's it's easier for that way um so that's why i would say that would be the best way to do that um telegram is still great i think you can still reference people to go back to it but I think if you want to start as your community starts expanding more, I think Discord may be best in your benefit. But if you are going to do Discord and you want to bring your community there, you definitely want to make sure that like the security and everything is is best. So nobody, you know, like 2FA and so nobody gets uh, like scammed or, or some like malicious links. Mm, right. Yeah, I, I appreciate the advice. Um, I'm definitely going to take action on what you just spoke about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really great advice. Thank you so much. Of course. I was just going to say also with, I, I also will second him in, uh, I don't use Telegram. I hate Telegram. <laughs> I use it as little as possible. I do use it for a couple group chats, but, um, I agree with the, uh, pretty much what you said. And what I will say, what I will say is Telegram also, um, this isn't something you would know unless someone told you this, like someone told me this. So it's the only reason I know, uh, I don't even know if it's true. I'm just going to roll with it. Um, because it seems to be true. It seems that NFT projects are on Discord and crypto projects are on Telegram. Now, I've done a lot of reviews of companies and uh, projects working in Web3, and every time it's a crypto project or a token or something like that, it's always Telegram. And then if it's an NFT project, it's always Discord. So that's what I know of. So if you're trying to appeal to an NFT crowd um, and that you have Telegram and you want to use Telegram as a main thing, you may have trouble there just because of that reason. Matt, what's up, dude? No, it's funny. I was actually going to say uh, I was going to say the same thing, actually. Um, because we work with that over at PB Alerts, we work with a lot of crypto coins, uh, ICOs, people trying to do IR. And this, you know, we say a no to a lot of them. But the ones we do say yes to, we notice Telegram is what they use. Uh, I personally don't use it. I hate it. I, you know, I, just, I just want nothing to do with it. But I, the Web2 people, or the, you know, the people who are more so into payment processing and, you know, crypto and that kind of stuff definitely are more, on, more into Telegram. They don't like Discord. Uh, I know like, NFTs, people love Discord. 
uh, from my experience, Web two people hate Discord. Stocks people they hate Discord. They like they prefer Telegram. And Matt, do you think? Do you words. think it's that way? Because like I know there are a lot of scams in NFTs, but there's also like there's a ton, like I feel like almost uh, shit coins are known for it for like having these big Telegrams in order to boost it. Like we heard like the Wall Street bets, like Dogecoin, Shiba, all those things, right? Is it? Do you think because like Telegram gives you scammy vibes versus Discord? gives you like yo someone's watching you vibes like if i was gonna commit a crime i'm not talking about it on discord but if i was ever gonna commit a crime it would be on telegram that i talk about it because it feels like i'm gonna get away with it on telegram that's just a hot take i don't know like i would uh, it, it I just agree. feels like telegram doesn't have like you know hall monitors or something they don't have like like cameras in the hallways like that's how it feels like when i'm on there and isn't that what crypto is all about though like i feel like that's why people like like uh, telegram from crypto because of the sketchy uh you know it Bitcoin could be it really could be because of that <laughs> you know the black market kind of deal <laughs> <laughs> it could be yeah i'm not sure I, I i'm definitely on the same kind of like i've noticed that too at least for the stuff that i have on like telegram it's mostly like uh I, like i have like crypto lifer on there and anytime he like posts up a video on youtube it's just like to let notifications like if it's just for one essential like entity it's like all right New video, new video, new video, not really like any response or it's like Binance. Like I have like the Binance uh, ambassadors like thing on that too. And it's like, all right, anytime that there's like an update on there, like they just send it there. But anything that's more NFT related is just for Discord. But I do want to say that Discord does kind of get like a bad rap too, just because of all the gaming aspects of it that people are doing. Like, you know, like you got to play this and the rumble to then get boosted up. And and that's where like things can kind of get a little bit messy and toxic where you don't want to do it. And I would say like, if you are going to do Discord, try to differentiate and try to be different than that because it's very appealing that you know that's like what the last one was where it's like all right you got to play this to kind of boost up and then that's what proves like your whitelist loyalty and this and that and i think it's also what kind of drained a lot of people um during the last market it definitely drained me because i felt like i was on that all the time um you know like i I kept that that noise up all night you know i felt bad um for my roommates but i was like you know that that stays on at all time. Like I need to hear that beep. And then I would hear that beep. Like it, it was weird. Like I could be in deep sleep and I hear a beep. and I'm just like up and then you're just like running. And it's like for no reason, like no one's even talking to you. Um, so I think like if you implement that, that will kind of drive like the community away from it too. So like just kind of stay, keep the, keep the flow of your telegram, but then convert it back into the discord and don't make it as crazy as discord can make it because it's a lot of unnecessary noise that you don't really need. And it's going to get, it, it's, on, it's honestly going to do the opposite effect and kind of make your community less genuine because you're just going to get a whole bunch of random stuff or random people just saying, you know, wag me, drink water, you know, shout out to Ash uh, or just like all, all that stuff. Uh, so try to stay away from that, I would say. Oh, we got, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, analysis on chain. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, I've enjoyed listening to this. I I came up originally on stage. I don't know how I managed that. But anyway, um, I was listening to the talk <laughs> and uh, really enjoyed it so far. Um, just want to touch a little bit on the, the whole Discord slash Telegram thing there, because I basically what we do is we're a community of all about research. Right. And what we tend to do is look under the hood of different projects that's out there. And that can be DeFi, it can be blockchains, it can be NFTs and, and things like that. Now, what I, I've been doing this for about a year, pretty much nonstop. Um, what I've noticed actually is for the, I've noticed specifically in DeFi, the projects that end up, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the projects that end up um, like rug pulling or, 
or just disappearing and things actually just use a, a telegram those and this is no you can't take this for you know for granted because it's not always the case but i've seen many more projects that use discord that last at least a you know a, a bit longer in this market as well so when i see a project that's only telegram in DeFi, i i kind of have alarm bells sounding in in my head but the in terms of discord i have a, a discord and at one point it got very complicated and I, th I just thought one day look let's just simplify this and i did people have, have since you know provided some feedback saying it's much better now but i th you're right discord does take a lot more effort but i think it's much more worth it you've got such a nicer i mean it's not perfect but you've got a much better interface to interact with your community with on discord for example i've got official links you can go see my nft collection you can go to the website and you can go to i don't know the, the vip section where we've got all of our research and analysis and, and things like that but it's um it's just much better in in discord i think uh, i do use telegram as well but really it's just for like one-way communications just like um push announcements or something like that just my thoughts No, definitely. I think, uh, like you said, for the law, it's it's a lot harder to get started on Discord to set up everything because, especially if you're not, you know, familiar with Discord. Even I was familiar with Discord, but then when I had to make a Discord page, um, and I made it, you know, for like Change DAO, and I helped out with like the Seattle NFT Museum and the uh, the Social Club one, and it was like, okay, now I feel like now I get it because I've been just it's just driven into my brain. But even when I have to make changes to it, it's still like, oh my God, like, here we go again. And it's just like, it's just setting everything up, but then it's like permissions and permissions are probably the only thing that's so annoying about it, but it's so good because that's what keeps it so safe. Um, so that's where, it, that's where it starts to play out in the long run because then it's like, okay, at least you have everything set up the way that you want it. The community is safe and it's, and it's organic and you can change it. And now you're familiar. Like if you want to do it, you can alter it. You can edit it however you want to. Um, you can add, like you can add roles. You can do this. You can add like it, there's a lot of more uh, web hooks that you can add onto it that makes it more just just good for the community, I guess, like a, a friendlier experience. Uh, but it is a pain to get started, but it is worth it long term. And I mean, if you want to look at like some that are, that have those potentials that the different variety that you can do it with and make it look nice. Um, like you can look at the one that I referenced, like when I was making my, like the change down one was like super rare because I wanted to see how I can add roles and how I can, you know, give people more, especially like when you have products going out and you have like phases, it gives them that role. So then they feel more like you, your, your community feels more intact with you because then you can give them roles. You can do this, you can, you can change their names and it just gives it a little bit more of a fling uh, more of a catch eye thing than rather than like telegram. Um, so yeah, I, I agreed long-term definitely discord, but telegram is also, I'm not going to down it because I also still have it. So it's, it, it's there, but if you want to be more engaged with the community, definitely do that. And it's, it's easier to reference stuff like with your discord and then have stuff like if you have links or videos or anything, you can have a whole separate page just for socials and it's easier for them to find it as well. And just one piece of advice about permissions, because this is so annoying, like really bad, is if you get like halfway through your, I don't know, building your community, right? And then you decide to, that the roles are no longer appropriate and you need a, a refresh of the roles and the permissions. 
oh my god it takes so much effort so really <clears throat> start off with a, a plan of how you want to set it up with the roles and uh, make sure it's long-term proof and set it up from the beginning but also make sure where possible use the sync function to make sure that if you do change a permission for one particular role the channels uh, sorry the uh, yeah the channels under the each category sync up to any changes that you've had so you don't have to go through every single one because yes it's very annoying very <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's massive facts right there. I don't have too much to say. Uh, I feel like we've closed that conversation. Um, we've hit so much fucking alpha on the Discord thing. This I just thought of like while he was saying. So I don't know why it's popped in my head, um, but I was thinking uh, for the NFTs, like we could do a um, an NFT Seattle Museum podcast with the fact like uh, with Peter and his wife. Um, we could do that like as a live podcast at the museum, and like I don't know. You could probably sell like, tickets or something for people to for people to come, or maybe it's free. I feel like that would be really cool, dude, to do some like live, so like, some live podcasts um, in person in Seattle. That just pops in my head. Sorry, completely irrelevant to everything we we're just talking about. But no, yeah, I mean, I, you're you're picking my brain. We're thinking on the same level because I've I've actually uh, I've offered that thing too. I was like, yeah, we should like set up a little spot right here, like right there's like a little corner when you enter like in the bottom section of it. And I was like, let's put some lamps. Let's get a little vibe, and then you know have a little stage and invite people to come and, and just listen or just, you know, just talk. And then we could just talk then. Um, Cause yeah, I think, I think it'd be really cool too, just to have like a little, I don't want to say like audience, but it's just like bringing the community again closer and then just showing them like in real time, like just, it's like a small, I mean, it literally is a podcast, but it's like a small little, just personal NFT, just conference with, with people. And then you can just bring people and then people would just connect it. And then you can know, start building the list for the next time. So yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think because they're uh, better if you can get a real conversation going. Like I know the panels are fun, but like, unless if, unless like I did this, Matt uh, actually knows this firsthand because he was there at the event. But like when I was doing the panel, uh, it was kind of spread out in terms of like each person would get a very different question. So like it was cool, but I feel like it would have been better if we had like three or four big topics and we just all dove into it as a full discussion. And like, I've been hosting podcasts forever. So like I could host this if you guys want and do like a full podcast where I'm interviewing either one person at a time or we could do like three or four people and have some different topics. I think that'd be freaking awesome, dude. Like I think the people in Seattle would, would definitely tune in for that. And uh, if, if it's something that's interesting, you know, or honestly, if it's just an interview about Peter and like his story and like how they opened in, like, and like they're married, like I know they're having a baby and stuff like that, like to talk about it. And just for the people who go to the NFT museum events every time, cause it's a lot of the same people. They're like, okay, like I, I see Peter there. I see them in there. Like they're always smiling and laughing, but I can't ever get to talk to them because there's so many people who want to talk to them. It might be a great option to kind of get people to, to see like who they're really about. Matt, what's up, dude? Yeah, no, I, just, I think that's a great idea, especially because um, I know, Kate, you've done a lot of uh, podcasts, you know, in the vir virtual because that's, you know, how NFTs and all that work. And uh, yeah, that's how I've been doing. Like, like I, with all my live streams, podcasts, it's always virtual. But uh, just recently I uh, hooked up with Crego Crypto's corner podcast and started co-hosting there and that's a that's in a live studio and honestly there's just something to be said with like being there with the other person like being able to like just talk with them is like this is so much more natural than uh than being on a on a camera you know on uh, two different cameras and also just it looks a lot cooler as well uh, kind of like just switch things up. You know, a lot of the web three space doesn't have that uh you know you look at impulsive and you know look at the web two space and they definitely have that going on in the podcast scene uh so i think that i think that would look really cool too Hell yeah, baby. It's definitely different. Like my best podcast where I've been interviewed, 
by someone else have been when I, like when I went to Jersey and I did the podcast at my friend Mark's podcast studio, we went for like two and a half hours and we could have gone for another three hours. We just had to be somewhere. And I remember being like, man, there's literally nothing better than a, a full, a re- if, if you're comfortable doing it at least. Like if you're uncomfortable, then it's going to be terrible the whole time. But if you're somewhat comfortable or you want to be there, man, there's nothing that can substitute an in real life podcast. And especially with the energy of people who are going to be watching, um, if we decide to do it with, with like an audience, like that's just going to add to it. Like we can take questions from the audience. Like that's just, it, it would be like a, a live Twitter spaces show, but like right there in the room, you know, like it, it would literally be that. I think that'd be awesome. Hell yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Especially because uh, I agree, like people don't really know their story or how like the museum even came to be about. And uh, when you start to like, I like I, I remember talking to them about it and then just learning and it's like uh, you hear about Jen's dad and, and how brilliant he is and how like he was, he, you know, I met him a couple of times and then just like you start picking their brains and it's like, wow, like they're both like just super duper genuine creative people and then they just like they're exactly the thing that we're talking about like where you just take the leap and just go for it um and they're like living examples for it and they're the first ones you know so they you just see how it's kind of snowballed from there and other people have done it too and like there's no, now there's more museums opening around the world people are making like stories about it um so it, it's really cool to see that you know be a part honestly to be like the first museum of it so yeah, I think that'd be super cool. I think that not even people that come to like the galas and stuff, like they even know how their story came about. Like they just know that they're the owners. They're happy to be there. They're happy to contribute, but they don't really know like how it all began. And I think that, you know, them themselves need to be recognized too. Just like, man, like you guys have made their, I tell them all the time. I was like, man, you guys are, you guys made this, like you're bringing people together. And I think that's, that's so powerful and that's so great because I am, I've been the happiest since I found this museum because I've met so many amazing people. And if we could just keep expanding that, like, that's why I want to keep expanding it because if it's only doing that to me and I feel this way, like I know many other people feel that way and more, more people keep coming each gala. And it's like, man, like it's a blessing. Like they, they, they gave us a hub and we're riding with it, you know? Dude, I was going to say, yeah, like most people don't know the story. I don't know the story and to have content out there and have like, I mean, if we did the podcast, I would definitely clip it up and fucking, like I said, get everything out of squeeze every bit of juice out of that as possible. And like fucking dude, just like run ads in Seattle and just have those clips, like 10, 20 clips just circulating for the next few months and like get the story out there. Dude, it make, it makes such a big difference for that kind of, that kind of venue, like an NFT museum like that. Um, that stuff is so powerful to have those clips floating around, like get the whole podcast done, of course, but then have some of those like five, 10, 30 second clips, super fucking effective, dude. So yeah, super down to do that. Um, again, definitely would love to set that up. So uh, for sure, for sure. Also, I see analysis on with a hand and uh, as soon as we go to them, we'll go to double, double in twins um, only just because I saw your hand. Cool. I actually have a, a question that's completely unrelated. So I just want to check with you if it's okay to ask away. Is this about to open a whole entire discussion? Possibly. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let, let, me, let me throw it to Double Mint Twins then real sure. quick because they've been up for a, a little bit of time. Then we'll jump into it for sure. Yo, yo. Much love, guys. Uh, it's Hop in the Space here. Um, want to give a shout out to Seattle NFT Museum. Uh, we're actually in, in LA, Santa Monica. We opened up a gallery called Quantum, Quantum Art. Uh, one of the first NFT galleries um, that you can actually come in and minute NFT. Uh, when people come from Seattle or even all over the world, they actually mention you guys. So we've never actually been, but just wanted to so- show some love. I uh, appreciate that, man. Love back to you. Love. When, when did you guys actually open up? 
We opened uh, January 14th of last year, so we actually just had our one-year anniversary. Congratulations, congratulations. Yeah, we're uh, going on six months now, so we're, we're on the way. Oh, uh, man, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I love the, I hope it has just as much success, man. I, I'm sure it will, and I, I love to see – I mean, I hope this is, like, a good example of just, like, how courageous it is to do that, and, you know, kudos to you for doing that, and I can't, like, wait to see how it blossoms in its own way over there, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Shout out to you guys because, you know, Elliot, I find he's definitely more of a, you know, NFT crypto scene, but I can only imagine how, you know, how difficult it was, to, you know, to be, you know, in Seattle and really get that going. So, you know, much kudos to you guys. And definitely come visit in LA whenever you're coming down here. I'll make sure of it. Hell yeah. Appreciate you. Yo, analysis, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. I can't be here that much longer, but let's definitely no let's, let's close it on this for sure. Yeah, no worries. So, uh, hype in, in the future, you know, the title of this particular space. I wanted to just throw uh, out the question in your, and apologies if you've spoken about this earlier. And if you have, please shut me down. Um, but what do you think is going to be the best use case for something like an NFT in, let's say, the next two years? Um, in the next two years, the best you, you said the best utility of it from like who's using it, like from businesses and things like that, or are you talking about like where's the space going to be in a couple of years? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, the um, let's say the best utility. So, I mean, the space. So it'll be, I think in my opinion, it's going to be somewhat of a, of a mix of like who's developed a strong enough brand where people want to work with them. Those people being companies that have something interesting. What I don't know is if we'll ever get to a point where the people that are offering some kind of value or partnerships is ever going to reach the level that the JPEGs are actually worth. Like if you buy a pudgy penguin and pudgy penguins, you know, collaborates with fucking, I don't know, like Celsius for some reason, or like Red Bull. And they're like, okay, like every holder gets one case a month or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing something out. Like, is that really worth buying a five ETH NFT? Like, fuck no, it's not. But that's where we're, I'm not sure where that'll be. Um, but I do understand that the digital communities, token gated communities where you get different things, you get to roll around with your squad. I think that has a place like digital communities. I've always been big on, like I'm a metaverse maxi. I, I see no reality where we don't head towards at least a version of the metaverse, metaverse being a more digital version of today. Um, I just don't see one where that doesn't happen. And when you live in that kind of world, the way you present yourself online matters. The way the PFP that you have for now is what it is. But like that matters, you know, like I, it matters what your profile picture is. It matters what your bio looks like. And like that will transition and translate to something else when it's a little bit more immersive. And I think that's the world I definitely want to be playing around in. Um, so I don't know the answer to like the entire macro. It'll be part of the content that I cover as a YouTuber. But I'm definitely looking into the gaming stuff because I want to be part of the innovative stuff that happens in uh, media and content, and I feel like for me, I think the easiest way to get into that world would to uh, is to break into the gaming world a little bit, talk to the people who are making the games, the Oculus, you know, like the VR. Like I want to be first for those kind of things. So I'm just gonna do what it is for me that I can get that's gonna give me uh, opportunities to get to those doors kind of thing. But as far as like where's the NFT world, dude? That's that's fucking. I don't know. I mean, that's like uh, when you when you had the first websites kind of going in the, the very very beginning of the internet. And it's like where are they gonna be? Is Amazon gonna be? a big yeah. delivery service place, you know, that's really, really fucking hard. So I don't know. And the thing is, you know, what we see today, really, as you, as you mentioned, is like PFPs and there's not really too much behind them right now. But some of the mechanics that are available behind yeah. these NFTs is incredible, really. And, you know, talking about yeah. things like um, lawyers or, uh, you know, houses being sold on 
on NFTs and things like that, you know, there's a potential, it's a huge opportunity in the future, I think. I get really excited when I'm talking about this sort of stuff. Well, dude, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how it is. And, like, for now, like, I've, I've seen a lot of, like, especially in the gaming sphere now, because I'm making a lot of gaming content, people are like, well, we're not here yet. Like, gaming needs to be this. Gaming needs to be that. The world needs to get here. It's like, okay, fuck off. Like, of, of course, you know, like, we're, we're so early. Of course, that's, of course, that's what needs to happen for mass adoption. We're not fucking, even if we were there and everything people are saying needs to be done, even if that was here, we as a human culture are not ready for something like an NFT thing to make sense because it hasn't been properly introduced in a way where it actually does something like with lenza and ai the reason ai blew up is because lenza did something that was more convenient than not like you just buy this little app for a couple bucks you throw a bunch of photos at it and it prints out a bunch of stuff that you want and it's really fucking easy and it's convenient and it gives you something nfts don't have that yet so until we have that it's not going to happen but also because that's far away it's okay to have things that are happening today like it's okay to have something that's only really relevant or helpful today because while we're so early kind of thing, we're also early, which means we have 24 hours a day, every day until the one day mass adoption happens. We have to fill our time with something and we got to build towards something that those final changes that we, we get to look for forward into the future are only going to happen because we've built up the bricks around it. And we developed a foundation strong enough to where some of these things can be built and people take it more seriously. We got billionaires coming in. We have Japan, China, Korea, all these companies uh, and, and countries who are like, yo, the world's more and more digital. This makes so much obvious sense. We're going to throw billions of dollars at it. That's the thesis I can get on board with. Everything else is essentially just noise. And I'm just happy to be here and cover what else is going on while it's going on and seeing who can I meet while I'm here, while it's early, who can I become friends with. That's the coolest part about being here, my, for me at least. Yeah, I want to say um, before, just, just to say too, um, I, as far as like utility-wise and everything, like if, if that's what your question was, um i think personally like in the next wave like i think yeah gaming is gonna be it uh i think music once we hit once we like finalize that like i think that would be a really good utility of how things are going to be changing because artists are going to be incentivized like the same way that you know painters and artists this way like it's just a different form of artists right so artists uh that are musicians are going to be incentivized and then that's going to be huge because that's a big problem and i think that that's another thing that like I'm also a developer, so like I, I work with like Change Down, like we 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 are like we made a marketplace that helps fundamentally cancel that middleman fee, and so now we're anybody that's like we're looking out for like nonprofits, so any nonprofit like we just help upbring that uh, helps stop child abuse, and we help them raise like ten thousand dollars, and then they were able to access it right away because of the technology that blockchain provides, and so it's like what what noise or what industry can you make the most? Can you change the most? What can you do the most that isn't already there that would make a big difference because of the big players that are part of it? So like nonprofits, they take such a big change from it. Okay, let's reinvent that. Like that's going to go ahead and change it. That's utility within itself. Like now nonprofits are going to go ahead and get those fees right away and then use and utilize that money that is essentially supposed to be for them from the beginning. But it's taken away because of all the extra third party middleman fees that they just keep stacking up and they keep taking the same way with musicians. So like, they go ahead and they get they get stuck in these masters and then it's like okay well let's provide something that will take that away that takes them away from that narrative and then they can do whatever they want give them their voice back um so it's like those kind of things those utilities is what i look at and it's like okay those are the ones that it's like small but it's building momentum but it's gonna be it's for the greater good and it's it's for helping people um and that's what like i'm, I'm ready for i know like gaming is there too um i'm on the same way it's like people are like oh 
it's not there yet. It's not there yet. It's like, dude. Well, like, people really... need profits right now, dude. They want they want profits to convince them of NFTs. And I'm like, there will be a time in the future where we will not need to make a 500x for a blockchain game to work in the same way that people all want to be social media famous now. When it first started, people didn't care. It's the same wave. Like, it's going to be like right now, they're like, how do we get people in? Like, all they care about is money. It's like, yeah, for now. But like, you yeah. don't think that's going to change a little bit? Like, you don't think culture's going to come around? You don't think people are going to want to have that? More creators are going to get their own communities and be able to invest in them. Like your favorite TikTokers drops this little collection, but it's also more normalized because you also saw your other influencer friend do it. And you're like, oh, I guess people are doing this. I want to do it. And then it becomes this thing that's not snobby. And then everyone's like, oh, NFTs are fucking sick. Like, I love these things. And things change and they will change. And I know they'll change and they get better. It's the best part. Like these will, we will continue to get better. NFTs will continue to make more sense um, as we get more and more legitimacy, and uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There will always be that DJ sector of, of traders and stuff. Uh, Matt, what's up, dude? I see your hand. Yeah, so I, I made, when I was making content before I started off in a more Web2 crowd with stocks, so when I went into Web3, I kind of like geared it towards uh, looking for things that would interest Web2 people about Web3 to try to onboard, and there are a lot of really cool use scenarios that are out there trying you know, being used kind of being like uh, almost tested out uh you know like you have Proppy, uh that real estate company in florida selling like uh, i think it was uh analyst was saying about selling the houses as nfts you have uh you know crypto mori's using impact suite to provide healthcare via nfts like there are a lot of cool things going on out there i just don't think it's like uh Cade was saying i don't think that we're quite there yet where it's mainstream enough where people are going to be using it on a day-to-day basis without knowing that's you know i think that's really when it's going to be happening i think right now uh also, kind of like what Cade was saying, it's the community, um, I think, is the biggest use case currently that we can use. It's kind of like who you know, like in like the, you know, the real world or however you want to say it. You know, you have these, uh, you know, sororities, fraternities, you people who graduate from the same uh, colleges, you know, like those really high colleges. Like that really matters, you know, when you're like putting in your job applications, like, it's, you know, who you know really does matter. But now, like, you know, we're kind of making that happen in this Web3 space where, like, you know, you put in a job application, maybe you're talking on the board at Yacht Club, uh, you know, uh, Discord or whatever, and you're talking about it, like, and someone's like, oh, hey, like, I work there, you know, I know someone there, and then boom, like, like you, you have that that one up because of who you know, and I think that Web3, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I think community right now is the biggest, uh, and, and not in like a, oh, yeah, you know, we're getting to know each other, I'm talking more so like in a who you know, because you can get to know some pretty, pretty big people that you wouldn't get to know in the, in the real world, in the Web2 world through Web3, like, I've done interviews with, uh, you know, politicians and, and uh, you know, and people like lawyers and doctors, it's people who, uh, you know, who I normally wouldn't be sitting down, you know, and having a, you know, a dinner with or a conversation with, but I'm, I'm able to do that in the Web3 space. I, I think that's right now for the next two years, going to the people who can utilize that utility. And I know Kate is doing a very good job about that with his networking. I think networking is the biggest utility right now for the next two years for people who are trying to come up. Fucking facts, dude. Mike drops. Mike drops. Stoney, I see you in the chat. What's up, dude? Wait a second. Wait, I do know you. Wait, that's Chilfolio. Okay, what's up? What's up? That's Chilfolio. I love Stony. Fucking go, Stony. Your your uh, your mic is muted, by the way. I don't know if you wanted to jump up. I know you were on stage and you were trying to say something earlier, but your shit was going in and out. So we kicked you off. We brought you back on, fam. Damn, he really be rugging us. He really be rugging us. <laughs> Sorry. So, for those who don't know, Stony is uh, the founder of Shieldfolio. It's a really, really, really cool. It's a notebook. Uh, a real life notebook you can you know you can touch it and everything and, and it provides it to store pretty much anything but especially uh you know your seed phrases uh any of your crypto you know security passwords the nice thing about it is they have a ghost pen so it's like it's very very you know secretive but it also the paper is uh tear resistance fire resistant water resistant so it's kind of like 
you know, it's the, I, I think because you know, whenever when I first made my MetaMask, I wrote that 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 uh, my seed phrase down like on a random you know scrap piece of paper. Eventually, you know, I transferred it to actually a uh, Shield Folio notebook. But I know with with you know, I do a lot of onboarding, especially uh, you know, wet, like in real life onboarding, like getting people to get a MetaMask, and they're they're the same way. They're like, oh, I'll just write this down and save it later. I'm like, well, you don't want to lose that. It's like, oh no, but because they're so used to forget your password. So uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out, check out Shield Folio. Spits uh, and Stony's. Uh, Bio. I just want to give a huge shout out to them because he's been doing some really cool things for the space and just for crypto security. Fact, dude, same. I did the uh, I did the same thing. I wrote it in there, and I love it. I love it. I love it because I get scared writing. I, I I don't like the fact that I have to keep it not like passwords off. Like I don't know. I'd rather just like have it on my phone, bro. And I know it's so bad because like I mean, we just saw NFT God get fucking hacked, bro. NFT God got everything in his entire life wiped in a second, and he literally downloaded an app that I've downloaded before. He downloaded OBS. Which is a youth, which is like a streaming platform essentially, and I, I have it on my computer. But he basically Googled it, clicked on the first link, which was a sponsored ad. Which I don't understand how Google lets this happen. I'm like Google, how are you gonna like take this sponsor's money and then like within one click you can tell this is a complete phishing link? Like what the fuck? And he he got everything wiped. He lost everything. It hacked into all his passwords. He had a couple saved on a, on his phone that he didn't realize. And dude, they took everything. And uh, that can happen in a fucking second. I lost a war of women that way. I was just in Discord. Um, I wasn't making attention. I was on my phone. This was after a year of trading NFTs. I knew about security. I knew what to do. And I just had one of my wallets uh, connected on Discord. And they were like, yo, this mint is happening right now. And I was like, oh, shit, I must have forgotten about that. So I went, ran out of the website, minted. It asked me again to mint. And I was like, that's weird. It just asked me to mint. And then I was like, oh, that's very weird. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And so then I disconnected, ran around, went to OpenSea, saw the uh, the NFT was transferred out. And I was like, wow. So it can happen in the blink of an eye. It's just pretty much about who's paying attention. Um, Stoney, I don't know if you want to come back. I'm going to invite you back up to speak if you want, because I know you were on stage and you got rugged. But uh, you don't have to come up. We just I just noticed you. Also, uh, I didn't know if you have any other topics, but I need to pop out of here. It's been a fucking great time hanging out and chatting with you, uh, too. And then also, Matt, thanks for coming on, dude. Evergreen. Matt, like I saw a ton of people who were in here earlier. Craig was in here earlier. Easton was in here earlier. Um, I appreciate everyone who tuned in and was able to listen. Hopefully, they got. Hopefully, anyone listening got some value. Then everyone else who's in the, um, the space of show, also, I appreciate y'all. Hopefully, I'll meet everyone here. I don't know if everyone here is in Seattle, but hopefully you are. I usually wear the glasses, the sunglasses, these little... They're like, uh, if you click on my profile, you can see them on my banner photo. Um, that was at, that's actually the event that Matt was at. And um, I wear those glasses pretty much everywhere, any kind of NFT event. Um, unless I'm trying to be incognito, then maybe I won't wear them. But No, yeah, definitely. I was going to say, uh, I, I actually had to like end it prematurely as well, too. I, I'd say prematurely, but we've been on here for two and a half hours, and it's been freaking amazing and a blast to talk to everybody in here. Um it's way better than I thought it was going to be. You know, I, like I said, this is only my second spaces, so I don't have any expectations and it's just, I've been, this is a blessing. So thank you so much. I appreciate you for taking the time and talking to me. It's been fucking a pleasure. Um, I'm glad that I finally was able to talk to you and yeah, like let's, let's definitely link up. Let's do, let's do that podcast at the museum. I think it'd be a fucking blast for the community. And I think it'd just it'd be a fun time just for, you know, kicking the shits with us. Um, I think, I think everybody would be really cool, you know? Yeah, dude, 100 fucking percent. And I only brought that up because I was like, damn, bro, I've only had a few conversations with the, the people who are at an NFT museum. Like, I want to have the in-depth conversation. Then I was like, you know what? I'm sure everyone's thinking that. So let's let's do this shit. No, uh, yeah, I literally brainstormed that with Casey. I was like, dude, we got to do this. And he's like, yeah, like, let's do it. We'll do it ourselves. Like, we'll just bring chairs and lamps or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah like, Casey's the goat. 
Yeah, he's my guy. I love him. <laughs> he's the fucking goat. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, this is fucking awesome. Uh, again, everyone, I appreciate all y'all. Um, yeah, appreciate all y'all. Yeah, I appreciate everybody that stayed in there, um, that talked. I hope, you know, you got something out of it. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Uh, definitely shoot down, send me a message if you guys want to, you know, there's something specific topics you guys want to talk about next time. We have the Discord open. Uh, my other my other page is in here too, the Jonathan Navarro is in here that's like fishing for nothing because I caught nothing that day. But hey, you know, we're dreamers. Uh, we'll, we'll catch something someday, right? So if you guys want to send me a message either or on this page or on that page, you guys uh, hit me up. I have, I'm checking in all the time. Definitely would love to do something. I'm always open to do something. So I appreciate everybody in here that was in this space. And then, like I said, we'll do this every every other Friday. Um, I know we, I was feeling a little bit under yesterday, so that's why we pushed it to Saturday. But I'm glad that we did because it was a fucking it was worth it. So um, we'll we'll keep this going. And yeah, I appreciate everybody. You guys have a fucking lovely Saturday. We'll